They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. If it's a mission no man can survive, he's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. Should just start with a skull in there, Mister. Well, Harari. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, you know, Ray, um, tap the tap your phone or tap whatever your um. <laughs> I do the vortex. How about you guys? <laughs> what a eater! <laughs> well, how how convenient that there's no cameras and then you've done a vortex. I did a back I did a backflip with my vortex. <laughs> 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 This guy, come on, mate. They use the technology for bad things. Sweet as man, let's go. Okay. So everyone, uh, just want to welcome everyone back to the um, first podcast in a while. Well, back at the one three five, but this is our first, our first of many late returns film review. Uh, this is us as boys going back, revisiting some of those movies that we love and uh, some of the movies that helped us uh, get through our childhood and that. Uh, it's kind of timely with the lock, with the lockout and everything. Um, for we'll just bring out one of the classics. A movie that I started in, um, initially, but um, we've got uh, we've got some of the boys. <laughs> you can hear them laughing in the background. But the '80s classic Commando, as uh, you would have heard from the trailer, we've got um, we've got the usual boys camps. Say what's up? What's up, what's up everyone? I've got Stace. Hey, how's it going? We've got um, Danny. Hey, what's up? How's it run? Last but not least, we've got also Tana joining us today. What's up, Tans? Hey, what's up, everyone? Oh, do you, um, what were you doing? Is it or is it Barry White? <laughs> this is a, I think he's about to sing a song. <laughs> hey, guys, a, sorry, guys, the mic's no. playing up. <laughs> this is an audition for uh, Purest Form, okay, so you don't have to uh, come up with a uh, <laughs> different uh, little trains there, man. But, anyways, man, yeah, so we've, we've gone with Commando. Just the boys are going to share with uh, why we've um, why we picked this and 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 what what um, what place um, the movie holds for us. Stace, man, where was Commando? At? Why why is Commando? Why does it uh, resonate with us, with those souls and for the other people out here? Yeah, that, that's um that's a good question, eh? Like I thought as a kid, I thought we were the only ones who really watched it. But when I talked to all the boys, it's basically every Islander that I know has has seen it. So I was really surprised. I think it's a good mix of um. You know, action mixed in with humor, which Islanders really go for. They love action movies and they love the old, you know, one-liner jokes, which I think Commando is really full of. So, yeah, I think that for me, anyway, is one of the reasons why I think it's um, now all Islanders love it as one of those those classics. See, what do you what do you guys reckon? Chance. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. Thanks. I think it's one of those movies. Every islander, especially in our generation, you know, seen that movie at least more than you know five or ten times. Um, I've, I've watched this movie so many times. I can't even remember the first time I actually watched it. I don't know if it was on video or when it came on TV on Channel Two. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree with um, with Ken's and Stacey, man. This is a real popular movie back in the days, man. Uh, due to you know um, being uh, having the star of Arnold Schwarzenegger, man, he was like uh, he was Mr. Olympia for you know I don't know I think seven times, and bro, everyone wanted to be like him, and him on the big screen. Hey, kids, kid, we were just kids then. I wanted to be like him, and it was really popular with the the action and and all of that. Um, and I think I think the first time I saw it was when it came on TV, and then you had your VHS and you would just record it, and um. I used to watch me and my brothers used to watch it all the time, but yeah, it's just one of those one of those greats. I think it's one of the greats, in, in, in my opinion. Tans, what about you? You know, because you've got older brothers, they would have, you know, they would have had access to it. They could have actually watched it at the movies or something, eh? Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. Growing up, it was that nostalgic. I guess you know, I got into whatever my brothers were into, and so you know, this was classic for them. And I guess they were already in their teens, so I'm, you know, I'm probably nine or ten when I first watched it. Oh, we're 18. Oh, that's that's the second time when I watched it, first time with you. (laughs) But just watching, you know, and so they, you know, they had weights and, you know, all the boys were training. And then they had this guy, you know, bigger than life back then in the movies. And and Arnold came out on stage. And I guess that opening scene was like, I want to be this guy, you know, Just, just coming out and just, you know, just so huge walking around in the forest. You know um, where it was, you know, because it's it's the mid '80s and that, and, and like um, this is like the first. This is where because it's it's 1985. It's, Commando comes out at the same time as um, you know, this is the first of the Stallone versus uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone versus Arnold movies. Because you know, like growing up, they always seem to like have movies that kind of were parallel to each other. Like Stacey, you were saying before, like. What was like like you were saying like you what were the top movies back then and, and why were they action movies also? Yeah, I mean the movie Commando, so it so it came out in nineteen eighty five and just looking at the list I thought I'd have a, a gander into the movies that came out in that time and that was like a golden year for movies, eh? So I know that Rambo that came out that same year, which sort of fits in with what you're talking about with the um Stallone and um Arnold sort of rivalry. But also in that year, right, nineteen eighty five, they had Back to the Future um, the Last Dragon came out that year. Uh, Rocky Four, so Stallone had two movies. Uh, you know, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, Teen Wolf. It was sort of like a you know a real golden era for movies, and a lot of movies in that year that I think we'll probably end up reviewing as part of this uh, ongoing podcast. So yeah, it's good to look at the classics and think, man, that was such a good year for movies, man. But um, that's just, I thought that was just really interesting. Man, that's, uh, bro, like it's kind of funny how you said because. All of those kind of movies, those movies, I can guarantee I'm on like I'm I'm speaking for myself. But I'm I'm probably thinking on behalf of all of us. I think we've probably watched all of those movies more than five or six yeah. times because man, Beverly Hills Cop, you know they that's uh that's another classic. Teen Wolf, you know. Drop Mad Max was another one that came out that year. So I know Tana, uh, Cam's yeah. had a look at it as well. So he could probably chip in with some other classics. But that was a, a golden year. Mm. You know, one thing, like, when, when we decided to um, do this movie, Commando, obviously all of us did a little bit of research, watched the, the film again. Yeah, then actually, um, when, when I saw it, was that 1985? Uh, when I think back, I was probably, I was, I was seven years old then. So it was one of those movies where, like, 
during that time, I already had watched um, uh, Conan, Conan the Barbarian, because that was the one of the movies Arnold did before Commando. And he before he did um, the first Terminator, so he started in that one. So he was pretty much uh, in the action scene. Um, and, and I also looked at the um, director of the movie. So, so uh, Mark Lister, he was the director of Commando. And he's done a lot of movies, but I think Commando was his most famous one, other than Firestarter, which he did the year previous or a couple of years previous. And that was a big um, blockbuster movie, Stephen King movie starring Drew Barrymore. When she, I think, was that her first movie? I'm not sure, but she was a young girl at the time. Those are the two, I think, the most popular movies, uh, Firestarter and Commando, uh, for Mark um, Lester. What about you, Danny? What were you doing in 1985? <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to grab my hair because I wanted to look like Conan the Barbarian. Oh, <laughs> nah. But um, yeah, Kim's right, man. Um, when Arnold first came out, he did real um cheesy cheesy films like um, Hercules. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I, I can't remember what year. But then after that, I think he he kind of blew up when he starred in um, Conan the Barbarian and Destroyer. So when Commander came out, everyone already knew who he was and like we we come from. I don't know. It's just a guess of popular film due, due to that, due to his career. I remember, like, he had, I remember you talking about Conan and the rest of it, he had a couple of different looks, he had the long hair, I remember in Raw Deal, he had the slick back hair, he had tried a whole lot of different sort of styles, and it wasn't until the Terminator and all the rest of it, we went for that sort of, that crew cut look, and that ended up being his look for the things, I think he was sort of trying to find himself, and that was a, I think this movie, along with the Terminator movies around the same time, this was where he sort of found who he was and what what his his style was going to be, so Mm. yeah, I really liked that part of the movie anyway. And he was he was pretty busy too, uh, old Arnold in 1985, because he this is his second movie in the same year that came out. The other movie um, came out that year was Red Sonia, which oh, yep. which is like the third episode to the Conan series. The, the Conan series, eh? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I think this was the start of Arnold's career blowing up. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere in, huh? um, when I was reading about the um, Commando, there there was going to be a sequel, eh? and, and and he said no to it because it was going to be based on some book. I can't remember. Sorry, man. I can't. Remember. Yeah, that's right. There, there, there was a sequel. There's this uh, sort of Hollywood uh, um, bloody conspiracy theory, which I went down the rabbit hole to find. But they had done. They were going to do um, a sequel. You're right. And um, was, the, the guy who'd written Commando One was going to do Commando Two. It's sort of like how after he's blown up at the end of Part One, and he starts some bloody um, he starts some security firm, and then he realizes he's been hired by some sort of criminals, and he's got to go around killing everyone sort of a similar thing but the the conspiracy theory was that after that got turned down they rearranged the script and that got turned into die hard which is the conspiracy oh, theory wow. oh wow. Yeah. oh yeah we always knew there would never be a sequel because the end that's what it says no chance no chance <laughs> so we've got our first category coming up in this category, we've got um, all the boys are going to, um, like a tweet, describe the movie, describe the plot of the movie Commander. Cams, you first up, bro. Retired U.S. commander who is on a mission to save his kidnapped daughter from an old enemy and a surprise betrayal. Mud drop. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. 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 Can you do it in like the Hollywood um, trailer voice? Yeah, mic drop. Yeah, next category. Thanks, <laughs> 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 pick up the mic. Pick up the mic. You know what? 
Kems, that was succinct and it's accurate as well, so I really like that. I haven't got much more to add, so I didn't really go down the tweet thing, but I would just describe it really mainly as just like a, a classic 80s action movie, and for me, just a real guilty pleasure. Like, if you really think about it, the plot's quite thin, and you know, there's action scenes and the kill scenes are a bit overboard, but, you know, there's heaps of zingers and these one-liners which make it good. So if you just watch it and don't overthink it too much and, you know, don't expect too many plot twists and turns, then I think it's a good, like I said earlier, a good mix of action and humour. So that's sort of how I'd really describe it. Yeah. Well, you know the movie, if, if you break it down, it's 14 hours, eh? So it's 14 hours from, so from the time that him and his daughter are eating their sandwich to the to the end of the movie, that's 14 hours. That's all just all, um, that's the, the basis of the movie. Every little bit is only in the first five minutes when you're, like we've got all these other um, part characters from the time that he gets visited from General Kirby to the end of the movie. That's just it's just fourteen hours. Once he sets that, you know, taking into to account that he has to uh, get in a cab and go to the airport and all that. That's the whole part of the movie. You know, that's how long. That's the the length of the movie. It's not a long winded movie. It's just him doing what he's got to do. Yeah, I never thought about like like that. That's a really good point because you think, man, that's a pretty intense day. Like if. That was your baby, like, oh, what did you get up to yesterday? My tricks are like, silly, man. You won't believe what happened. You, know? you catch it up for a few beers, it's like, oh, shit. Really? Is that a true yeah. story, what you did yesterday? <laughs> nah, yeah, I just killed about 500 people and rescued my daughter. And fucking jumped out of a plane and all sorts of shit. You wouldn't believe the day that I did yesterday. <laughs> Imagine that as a conversation starter, eh? What do you have to so now I just made my lawns and um, had to uh, jump up to the laundromat and do some washing. What about you? I was eating the sandwich and then next minute I'm, I'm on a plane. <laughs> I just killed 102 people. Frankly, Kirby fucking flies in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part That's of the movie right there. Commando. Exactly. Yeah, 40, 14 yeah. hours of mayhem. Like a father. That's, that's like, you know, you think a father loses a child. You go through the normal system. Oh, you got to wait 24 hours before you can file a report. Huh. <laughs> Uh, this guy's done and dusted home for tea, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like John Matrix, you know, he's going to ring Oranga Tamariki or something about um, his missing daughter or something, because I think they're going to they're gonna help him in those circumstances, you know? You know what, that's a good point with the timing, because we have to ask the question, could that all be done in that time? What was it 11 hours? 11 hours? 11 hours from the, from flight, the time? was the flight. Was the flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, quite, that's right. From the time he he falls off the he gets out of the plane, sets his uh, sets his um sets his watch because that's the watch that everyone wanted after that after you see him set it. Yeah, uh-huh. and then he's he's only got he's twelve hours. He's got eleven hours until the the, the um the plane the plane yes. lands, and then he's got an hour window to, to to already be you know at least in the vicinity where his daughter is. The plot the plot yeah. is so thin, and like if you. If you overthink what's really happening, then you'll sort of take yeah. away from your joy of that movie. So you just sort of have to <laughs> sit yeah. back and just think, yeah, this is this could happen, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't yeah. overthink yeah. The, the plot and, and the, the logistics or everything, otherwise you, exactly. you probably ruin the movie for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, going back, just, just going back to the previous category, like like how we talked about like what this movie meant to us as, as kids. You know, when you, when you try to break down the movie in, in practical ways, you, you can't really do that because, you know, you got to push the story forward and stuff. So it's, it's, it's really an action movie. And I think why, another reason why it was so popular back in the days, because, you know, we didn't have to think about all this stuff. Yeah. Going down through the movie and not think about all these final things. But 
Yeah. But no, exactly. at the same time, at the same time, at the same time, I think it's funny that now, now that we're older, we can look yeah. back and we we can understand, you know. Sure. You know, it's just, it's just an action movie, but I can imagine back then when we were kids, we just fell for everything, eh? Like it was so cool, it was so cool, you know, you know. Yeah. Tant, you there, us? Yeah, bro, still here. Sweet. Tana, I want you to get your points in before your words start going a bit haywire. <laughs> before your language starts deteriorating. I can find myself in. to the room so I can charge. And thinking, oh, oh I yeah. get my yeah. Sweet. Okay, boy, category two. Favorite scene of the movie, man. Everyone's got their favorite scene. Dance. What's yours, Us? Yeah, there's there's a lot of favorite scenes in in this movie for me, but um, one that stood out was probably the most obvious one is um right in the beginning when um. When he's walking through the forest, like what uh, Tunnel was talking about, that scene. So that you know, um, John Matrix introduced into the movie, uh, just his physique and just him, you know, got a chainsaw in one hand, got the log in, in his on his shoulder, and all you can see is like just biceps and just his, um, yeah, just his, his his muscles and you know what what kid didn't want to be be like be like that guy, <laughs> and just the way he was just walking walking with ease, eh, just holding his this log, and I was like, I want to be like that guy. <laughs> And it reminded me of um, what's his name? That was Saleh Serevi when he used to score tries and just run back like he's not even puffing. <laughs> you know? it was just, um, yeah, but that was my favorite scene, man. And it was um, that was that was it, eh? Just an introduction from um, from um, John Matrix. Just the way it was shot too, you know, because it was um, you know it was close up of his biceps and just bro, he was just a man. He was yeah. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, I was going to say one thing about that. Like, I know, like, Kim's, he always, um, he's got me into it now where he focuses a lot on the score and the music in the, in the movie, and mm. movies just in general. So I, if you listen to the music during those scenes, so they, they use some sort of different instruments to set the scene, but they change the music just when he's about to chop the wood and he's looking at his axe. They change it to some really uh, dramatic music so you think, oh, he's just about to get attacked. It doesn't mean they change it back and his daughter comes along. They change it to some sort of happy music. So that's one thing I really picked up out of that scene was just the, the use of the music. We, I don't know who the guy was, but he was the flipping. He's the man who was uh, who was doing that. Oh yeah, so so the guy who um, did the score for Commander was um, James Horner. This guy James Horner is the man. He's done a lot of movies. Eh? He's he's done Titanic. He composed the um, Titanic song. You know the one of um, Celine Dion. And he's done other good movies too, like um, like Crow and American Tale. Um, Titanic, Braveheart, Star Trek 2. That intro scene, that intro scene is one of my favorite scenes as well. And um, you know how you're saying, Dan, about him, but it just shows Arnold. There's a shot of him just carrying the whole fucking tree, man. It's a fucking, it's carrying the whole fucking tree. One arm, <laughs> yeah. chainsaw, exactly. And, uh, no. He's walking down, and, he, gonna... and then he's chopping his wood. It's just one chop, chop the whole, <laughs> one chop, you know, like, yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. It's my favorite scene because. Without any dialogue, it tells you what kind of character That's right. the hero hero is. Yeah. So at the beginning of that scene, when he carried the log, cutting the cutting the firewood, he's like this um badass guy. And then next, <laughs> and then next minute he's playing with his daughter. You know, <laughs> he's a family guy. He's a family yeah. man. You know, he's exactly. Like, he's like a he's that gentle man giant. Wants to be a... Yeah, man. He's like that gentle giant. He's got his kid. You know, and he's taking the kid fishing, and she's he's taking her. He's taking Jenny fishing, eating ice cream. And the, uh, fam- the, the famous ice cream scene when she puts the ice cream in his nose is that, and um, they go fishing, and and I, I didn't notice, but you you told you said this before, Dan, how that fish was dead. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> they, called it, they actually called it the dead fish. Yeah, you don't notice it. You don't notice it, but like we were talking about before, when you grow older, you just think, 
hey, doesn't the fish usually, like, move? <laughs> but it's not even moving. Then you, you know, but back then, when I was a kid, I didn't know. And it just was yeah. like I've been fishing, so... Yeah, I, I think it also, like, it wouldn't be an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie without a few shots of the guns and, uh, you know, <laughs> him doing some feats of strength. I think all of his early action movies, you know, there's some body parts being shown and how ripped up and how musty he is, you know, that's just, you know, especially back in those old 80s movies, that was like a sort of a cliche thing, but specifically for Arnold movies as well, all of his movies, you've got like those poses and stuff that he does. I'd, I'd had that. But I had it from the from the opening scene when he, they go out to, that guy take, goes out to take the the rubbish and then he wakes up next to his wife and his wife you know because everyone goes to bed looking like they've got makeup on looking <laughs> off. that's that's as eighties as you can get it got up yep. the hair's perfect I was like whoa <laughs> is that when you were doing the rubbish run is that when you were doing the rubbish run <laughs> but you know that whole scene so that so there's no if, if you watch that whole first scenes with Cook and that and so there's no music, so it sets, you know, it's, it's setting all the characters in motion. The first, and I've forgotten that scene too. Yeah. So there's no, there's no music in that one. Mm. There's no score when he's going to, to buy the Cadillac. You know, when he's going to go buy yep. the car and the, 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 the guy's ah, yeah. going to sell him the car. There's no music, so it's just really, you know, it's just setting scenes, setting every all the players, everyone that it's kind of setting the storyline. And the mm. first kind of thing that you get the music. Is when you see like uh, the first when his boots are coming when you see Arnold's boots so you, and then the music kind of picks up and it's kind of that look that low kind of like that build up eh? you know so like you like you guys were talking about Scott um, he's holding his chainsaw and, and he's and he's cutting he's cutting the wood with you know with his axe in that and then all of a sudden the music just goes it just goes off and it just shows like from that low kind of um like that you know heavy music goes to that kind of like nice kind of and shows it, it kind of the music shows him as the character as well, like you were saying before. Yeah. Like it's got him with his daughter, and he's got yep. the. So going to go right stop the winner when it was with yeah. his daughter. Yeah. That's right. Mm. He goes stop and shows him. Sure. Oh, he, yeah. You're he's an everyday man. Cream, hey. shit, man. <laughs> he's even an animal lover too. You see that shot with um, feeding Bambi. <laughs> him and Jenny feeding <laughs> Bambi. There's <laughs> only a few scenes in this movie that I used to pause. He's in the hotel room. <laughs> You know, you know. That's not a favorite scene. Huh? Oh, it's, it's you know different. That? It's different. It's just uh, you're talking just about saying. the Friday. You're talking about the Friday. <laughs> but you know, right up until there, and it's and and then like it goes from that, it's, and then it goes straight into the classic dad joke where he does the where he's reading the magazine and he's trying to relate to his daughter. But well, we all know the line. You know, I'm going to say that for the my favorite line, but. That that whole once you watch that bit, you're like you 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 have to be in because you want to see what what's going on here. Why, you know we've got all these guys dying and then the music's kind of pumped up. So this guy must be the main guy of the movie. You know what I mean? Like that's mm, yeah. that's how you're supposed to build it up. You know you're supposed to get all the characters in, all the bit players, and then you've got the the, the main star and you just the way he comes in is like nice. That's, that's that's the kind of way that um that Danny used to walk down at a bomb shelter. <laughs> Did he have theme music when he walked in as well? Did it start when he walked? Yeah, one of those people playing smoke in front of me too, so I can walk through it. I guarantee. Everyone in the I club guarantee. doing this. Hey, when's the DJ start? Oh, he's not starting at all. Oh, no, he's going to start now. You know when you walk into, like, you know, someplace else and all that, and when you finally get through the bounces and that, and you walk down that ramp, you're like this, yeah, I'm like commander now, I'm John Matrix. This my... My hood now, man. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, that part, like you said, um, always how the first five minutes, 
basically in, the, in that movie where they where they introduced the bad guys and that that rubbish collection scene. I, I I also thought that that was a, a one of my favorite scenes. So there's that part where he takes the rubbish out and he goes, "Oh, I was afraid you missed me." And then Cook says. Don't worry, we won't. And he flipping shoots him. But I thought that that was like the opening scene, and that was a good way to. That was sort of like a precursor That's to what right. the movie was going to be like. Yeah, it's sort of like yeah. there's a gratuitous kill scene, basically an overkill, and so there's a lot of violence. And then there's these one line zingers <laughs> And I thought, oh, that's basically what the movie is about. He says, and I thought, man, you know. You're already going to kill him, and then you have to tease him with these one-liners. I mean, it's just, you know, the yeah. bloody icing on the cake. You know, you know the bit with, so, so Cook, he shoots him, right? So the, the guy's dead, bro. He has to, you know, he has to yeah. reinstate that this guy doesn't care, bro. You know what I mean? He is the bad guy. So he's going to shoot yeah. you a couple more times, even though, even though he's probably put about 40 bullets in you. He's just going to check in another, another 20 just in case. Yeah, you know what I mean? but that, that, that's sort of like how I interpret the movie based on the opening scene. It's sort of like there's right. high levels of violence. You know, yeah, that kill scene is overkill. And then he drops <laughs> in that one-line zinger as well. And same when he steals that car and he says, yeah. you know what I like about the car? Oh, I can't be wasting <laughs> price. And then he, yeah, but... he rushes off and steals it for free. You know, it's funny. I think the thing I don't get about that scene is that, he, okay, he runs the guy over and crashes him in the, in the, in the um, shop window. How does he know he's dead? Yeah, me too. I, I thought about that. I was like, I watched John Wick the other night, and John Wick got run run over about four times, and he walked off. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, back in the eighties, what did you just need to get like you know, sword probably half sword and still, you know? <laughs> but it's for real. I think it's real because you know, there's like the people who are trained to take that, and people who are just like car salesmen. So, just... <laughs> but he wasn't a car salesman. <laughs> he was ex uh, military guy. Yeah, he's ex-special ops, so you would have thought he would have been able to, you know, he's probably, probably gone to Vietnam and all that. That's why he's ex-special ops. Never by the car. You know? Was he ex-military, that guy? Yeah, he's part of the team. I didn't know that. Holy shit, I oh, thought he was the so, car dealer. No. I thought, I thought Cook was just part of the car. Yeah, so it was so Bennett. I just learned something today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the wife who wakes up look like she, like she's never slipped, you know, because she's yeah. of makeup. Yeah, yeah so they're all part of the team. No, yeah. that was the whole that was the whole reason why they found they found Matrix. That was their plan to kill Matrix's team, so yeah. could, General Kirby can go find Matrix to tell him, and then they'll just follow him to see where he is. Yeah, where he is. You know what I thought? I thought, oh, man, I remember watching it back because I, I thought, oh, here's a good reason to watch Commando again. So I watched it in the last couple of days as preparation for the, the podcast. And I reckon that guy Cook and Matrix, I reckon they would be good guys to have a few drinks with them. And they just, <laughs> obviously, obviously, they're Stone Cold Coolers, but the jokes from those guys, I reckon. <laughs> they've got those one-line zingers yeah. right throughout yeah. the movie. And I'm like, bro, I would love to have a drink with you as long as you don't go crazy and kill everyone. You're not good. You're a funny dude to have a drink of the boys. <laughs> Camps. Yo. What about you, bro? What, what, what have you got up for um, a favorite from the movie? Okay, I've got a few favorite scenes, but I'll just put one then. The Sally hitting on Cindy scene. That brings back memories of how you used to be. I see you took a lot of tips on that from the years I used to see you in town. <laughs> I love the scene because it was really funny. The, you know, the funny thing is, it's funny to me now. But it probably wasn't funny to me back then when I was watching that as a kid. You know, not understanding. But um, it's a really funny scene. Like the way, he's, the, just the way that um, you know, you know, Sally's so, so confident. Eh? He just sees a girl just on the phone and stands outside, her trying to listen to what she's saying, and then trying to put in words to to hit on her and stuff. Like who who does that sort of thing? 
He's trying, and he does. Oh, I, can he does. Of, I can think of a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say their names, but uh. <laughs> and it's funny because he does, it's funny because he he doesn't give up, and he, he ends up following her to her car, and like follows her all the way to her car, then then tries on his lines again and and gets rejected. But the most funniest, but the funniest thing about that rejection is what he says after he tells her. You know, I got something I'd really like to give you. I'm not interested. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. From here, it looks like a nightmare. Would you please leave me alone? You fucking whore. <laughs> this guy is just because he's angry. Did you pin it for? He's an angry guy. What an angry guy. I don't. Yeah, but I, I, you know, the Only that one time make him. The confidence of them. You know, I remember just following on from that scene, there's another part where they're in the mall and then he sees her again. And he's probably thinking, oh, I knew she was cute. This yeah. she was following the other way. Yeah. We all know guys just like, uh, we all know someone like that. <laughs> but but did, you notice, did you notice Ali when he was, when he was walking to his, um, his meeting at the mall? Like, I think he checked out like three or four girls. He was looking at every single girl he walked past. <laughs> So he's that type of he's that type of guy. He's that type, he's that type of bad guy. I've been up like to that. town with a few of my friends and and I've seen that same look like Saleh and just <laughs> Did you say Saleh Saleh or Simon? Oh. <laughs> 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 no, but you know, you know, it's funny, you know that but that's another one. But like the, just the lead up to that, so when they're walking, you know how they're walking to take matrix through to to the plane and he has that little like the little line like it, it establishes sally as the real like he's the creepy bad guy yeah there's like there's the muscle bad guy that's cook and then you've got the creepy bad guy and that's sally you know the, the the sleazy and he puts that money in his pocket and he says so you know when you're down you know grab yourself a beer because gives the boys some time with your daughter you know, back then, I, I, I didn't think anything of it. But if I was watching Melbourne, bro, check out this prick. You know, like, <laughs> what a dodgy guy, man. And then he, he stays true to character because he's sleazy the whole way. You know what I mean? Yeah. One, and that guy, one thing I picked up yeah, one thing I picked up on that scene is, like, you know, he's got that other, his mate there, he's a massive dude, and he's, like, talking shit to Matrix, you know, <laughs> yeah. when, when all his big... All the big boys are there. When he's by himself and he's running for the like the wind, man, he can't get away fast enough. I, I picked up on that about Sully. He's that guy who's uh, he talks it up when all his yeah. boys are on to back him up. But if he's by himself, he's, he's he's got nothing, bro. You know, he's that kind of guy. Are we, are we trying to are we trying to relate this podcast back to our clubbing days or? <laughs> there's, just, there's, a, there's a theme, there's a theme like, we've learned from. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think for me, I was like, I was worried watching Commando again because I, you know, sometimes we watch movies back in the days when they were, we were kids, and then when you rewatch them, they don't quite stand up. They were actually really gaya. But this one, this one actually stood up, stood up really well, and I thought that, you know, uh, that was one thing I really was grateful about. It's funny you say that, Stace, because um, I watched the on. Um, if you go on YouTube, you can see the um, deleted scenes, and and oh, okay. you and if you watch the deleted scenes, you'll be so happy that they got deleted. That's some of the cheesiest scenes you ever seen. <laughs> That's probably um, cheesier than those that made the cut. Even more cheesier, even more cheesier. <laughs> so, so you'll be glad to see those ones deleted. But I think if those if those deleted scenes were in, you know, it will be one of those movies that you know wouldn't stand the test of time. Yeah. Oh, cool. But I'll check them out anyway. I haven't seen those deleted scenes. I want to see cheesiness anyway. Yeah, because it'd be interesting seeing them in the context of the movie. If they made it, they might have made sense. James, you got a couple of other scenes that you want 
you want to bring them up? We can have a little discussion. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good scenes in there. So uh, I had a list here. I had a um, list of five scenes. So I had on my list um, the Matrix escaping the airplane scene. Because I thought that was so... I remember back in the days, I thought, wow, that was so amazing. <laughs> can't believe you can just escape a plane like that, you know? Was uh, she ripping so, through the thingy? Yes. Yeah, ripping, I know. Ripping his hands. With the material? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I had the airplane one. I had that one as one of my favorites, the whole shopping mall scene. And then as a two-part scene, it's not it's not really the same, but it's so, so like a two-part. The the shopping at the gun store scene, and then the then him suiting up on the beach. Yeah, I had that, that, that scene as well, him suiting up at the beach, just as he arrives to the island, yeah? Mm. That scene where you're saying where he escapes and he breaks through. You know that ripping through the cargo, the, the mm. zip thing? Because the zip thing's there, but he... Because in, in my mind, was that a show of strength that he's like using his fingers to rip above, you know? Because I'm like, man, he must have yeah, I, muscly fingers as well. Because he like brought the thing with his fingers and ripped above the leather instead of just ripped the zip, man. I think, I think so. I think they had to basically portray him as Superman so he could jump out of a moving plane that's going 250 kilometers an hour plus and yeah. just survive like you found him in a scratch. So they had to show like, that he's basically Superman sort of thing. You know, yeah, uh, just yeah, carrying on from yeah, yeah from that. Yeah, no, going back to the bit where you're talking about the where he goes um, shopping. Yeah. Because he goes shopping. That's one of my – and going on to where they jump on the plane and go to um, where they're going back to the island – there's a lot of loopholes, well, there's a lot of flaws in that whole whole story. You know, the thing I always used to crack up, like, you know, I just, I used to think, you can just go to the gun store and just, just run a, you know, ram a car through yeah. it, and then you can just go do your shopping. And then I used to think that every shop's got a little button where you can just open it, and something's going to open at the back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He goes, and there's no, and the thing is, there's no cars around. Yeah, They're you alive. know, he's just, he's just going around, you know, he's just doing a fuck up, like, you kind of like, you know, like someone like, the way we are in lockdown, like you just manage to get into pack and save and you can just walk around with pack and save for about half an hour and grab whatever you want. And not, there's no security system. There's no police around. But, you know, that scene, that's a... That, that's because you think you when you go back to your timeline, so they slowed it down for us for the movie. But it's probably yeah. like, you know, the man, like one minute. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Out. 15, 20 minutes, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, the thing is like... Yeah, plus the it's man 1985, just you know, it's sort of like, uh, no, there's no advanced... Uh, you know, security Surveillance. systems or anything, it's sort of like, mm. oh, yeah, just... That, that, I wonder if that would have worked back then, eh? It's, it's hard to know about, you know, being going back to that time, but I wonder I wonder if that was would be possible. That would that would be impossible now, but, I mean, you know... I think, I think another question is, where did they get a bigger from? <laughs> but that, was, that was my question. I was like, oh, yeah, just convenient that there's the bulldozer on the other side of the thing, and just randomly. But ever since Commando, do you ever see diggers and just think, can I just walk up and try and start? Just try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, even even how it leads into, so it leads into the scene where they go to the island and that, and the man, so he says goodbye to her, hops in the, you know, the uh, inflatable, gets all his guns and that, and the man, eh, he's already stripped down to his underwear. I was like, is the man trying to get a tan before he gets there? Or what? <laughs> there's, there's no need for that. There's actually uh, so, no so, Nana, I'll give you some context. So, you know, back in the Special Forces, so, you know, as we go into battles and stuff, like, you got to, you know, oh, yeah. you don't know how long the journey's going to be. So there's actual practical reason why he did that. You don't understand it, bro. You're not forces, bro. <laughs> <laughs> was that when you were the uh, SAEs? <laughs> that's when I had the costume like your uh, icon on your thing. Oh, that's so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know what? If we're talking about if we're talking about time time restraints earlier on in the podcast, and I think looking for a bulldozer, I don't know what time one was on his watch at that time when he decided to go shopping. But you gotta count the time it takes to find actually go find the bulldozer and drive it. You know how slow those bulldozers go. Drive it all the way to the <laughs> to, to the gun store and then do a, do a shopping. I mean, how much time does that Without take anyone off? hearing it, eh? <laughs> exactly. How much time does that take off? You know, you know, talking about the time, you know what I didn't get was that he clocked in, um, he set his time at 11 hours when he jumped off the plane. But when he got into that plane with that guild, then he just kind of like felt like it was only a 20-minute flight. <laughs> They're already at the island. <laughs> I was like, where did that plane go to? <laughs> No, you know the island. The island scene is um, that is one of my um, like that's the scene where you know. So he's getting up, like he's gone shopping and that. But then when you see him like zipping up and putting all the grenades into the um, into the suit and he's got his guns and he's putting it, bro. That's when you go, oh yeah, the man is is about to do the business. You know that yeah. that's the that's <clears> the bit where he goes from John Matrix into serious into I'm about to kill 102 people body yeah. count. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. probably one of the. That's probably one of the iconic scenes in the whole movie. That one. Yeah, that's and right. That's the, yeah, and that's the that's the hype scene, eh? Just before his uh, yeah, battle, that's right. It's hard out. It's hype scene, and you know the um, typical thing about that that scene was um, after he got this this is this. I'm just talking in a, a lighting sense and um, a film 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 tech. Just at that scene, just after he gets um, zipped up and. And he's ready, and he just stands there. And there's that, there's that pose, and there's that shot of him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's that, there's heaps of smoke behind him, and he's just blacklit. <laughs> he's just like, where did that smoke yeah. come from? <laughs> and and, and I guess that's that's and, where he does well. That's his background. Eh? He does. Yeah, that's right. The, yeah, and it's the same. It's the same. In, it's the same in that in that first scene, the uh, his intro scene. You know, when he's walking with uh, the log, and that it's the same thing. He's backlit. And it's just, and it's the same. If you go back and look, look at both of those scenes. At the end of those scenes, he's just standing there and just posing. He's just selling it, you know. And it's good. And I, I, I like, I like that, yeah. that commando scene, man. That was the hype scene for me, man. That was like, <laughs> but he's ready. He's ready to kick some ass. Yeah, man. I know. But th- just to that point, Danny, not to digress, but I'm just saying, like, as you as a, a cameraman and looking at that lighting, I guess Arnold knew, you know, how to make himself look good. So as these directors are trying to make a movie, they're like. Fuck, this guy knows where to stand, like, yeah, man. That's right. You know, being a professional bodybuilder, he knows poses, he knows angles, and, you know. Yeah. So people are acting, so they're like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do with this fucking big-ass beast? We're trying to film a movie where he's, but he's just a beast. But then it's yeah. like, oh, fuck, actually, he, he suits this part of being, yeah. Because I guess everyone back then, that's why Arnold, you know, you get bodybuilders now, like, you know, that are just huge. Massive. Whereas Arnold was huge then, and it was like, well, what do we do with this guy? How do we actually make him look like a normal person, even though he's huge? Yeah, the difference between, I reckon, is his mobility, eh? He's just, like, real mobile, eh, compared to bodybuilders now. You know, they're so big and stuff. That's one thing I liked about um, that movie, you know, being a um, bodybuilder and just moving around like that, running, you know, just everything. So was that you being a bodybuilder? Totally. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of sounded like that. that that's what of, I took from it. That's, that's what I took from it. <laughs> yeah, I know you've been, you know, like I know you moved around the front that, row, moved to number eight. You know, you played a lot of positions. I see you. We're talking about favorite scenes and that. Like this, like this movie, because there's a few, break it down. Every scene, like there's really big moving scenes. My one, like um, the other one that I really, um, I, I like is the bit, and I know all of you saw like, is the bit at the hotel with Cook. 
you know, where they go back to the hotel, you know, after he's got the keys from Sully. That that whole scene, though, like it kind of shows, because Cook is supposed to be the equivalent of him besides Ben and You know, he's a tall guy. He's, he's, he's supposed to be the tough guy of that crew. And Arnold's, you know, and he says that line. We'll say that for the um yep, for the other right. category. Yep. But in that whole scene where they're, where they're just facing off in that, mm. what I love about that is where she's in the corner, but she's saying every kind of line Every you know that every other woman would be thinking like this is boom, you know, this is BS. Look at this, you know, look at this these men flexing and that, you know, when she goes, You guys eat too much red meat. You know, when yeah. she says that okay. when she says yeah. that because that's what the, this whole scene is just macho. It's just oh like like you know, like all the PC people now would call it like that toxic masculinity, yay. You know what I yep. mean? Yeah. It's that scene where everyone's like, oh, these men, are, you know, this is what men think they are. And, exactly. you know, it's that, that cringy scene. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That whole, yeah. That whole scene mm. is mean. And I guess that's them. hard because that's our generation. That's what, you know, it's hard when we go, well, that's a man's man. And yeah. that's what we're, yeah, I want to be that man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Imagine vegans back then. Oh. <laughs> Who? What up? <laughs> I think there's one now, eh? Actually. Who's that? Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny that. Funny that, yeah. Yeah, like that, that, that main girl in that scene you just talked about, always, um, she even says that, oh, she's, that her line is, you know, I can't believe this macho bullshit. That's what she says, you know, when they're, they're fighting Cook, Cook and um, Arnie, and like, you know, there's that bit, bit of back and forth banter where he's like, oh, you should be scared, blah, blah, blah. That's what Cook says to Arnold, and he's going to kick his ass, and, and Arnold says, oh, you know, I eat green berets for breakfast or whatever he says. And then she's standing back and says, oh, man, I can't believe this macho bullshit. And that's basically the yeah, premise yeah, of the yeah. whole movie. It's sort of like <laughs> super macho it guys is. just all going mm. around. Yeah. And mm. I, yeah. I, you know, that was one thing I took from that scene anyway, except for the parts that you guys were talking about. But I think for that scene, you know, that one line that she says, I can't believe this macho bullshit, because the whole movie is based around these macho guys. Yeah. And that, I, thought, I thought that was exactly, exactly yeah. The, yeah, the irony uh, what, what the movie's about. But that's one of the reasons why this movie is successful, because you've got a character like um, they've, they've cast Ray Don Chong as um, Cindy, and you need a character to sort of like uh, be the opposite to what the movie's about. Sort of like the Han Solo character of Star Wars. See, you know, in the movie Star Wars, you got you got the Force, you got Luke Skywalker, you got you got the Jedi, but you got a character like Han Solo that, that doesn't believe any of any, any of that shit. He just wants to get paid, like. I think for for Commando, does the same thing. Like you've got that Ray Dong Chong character to be the girl, to be empty with the with all that macho sure. stuff. Yep, yep. You, you know the thing is that they, like that Cook versus Matrix thing. Because I I look back on that movie and even when I rewatched it again, like that character Bennett to me he's weird. So I look at Cook as being the sort of the the more even anti-hero to to uh, Matrix's character more than Bennett. Because I thought that Cook was probably the, more of a, a real badass. Than, than Bennett was. I don't know what you guys thought, but yeah, I thought that he was the more scary baddie and the, the guy. That, yeah, more scarier and more of an even match for Arnold, even though they tried to portray that, you know, Bennett was the main bad guy, even though I thought, oh, fuck, this guy's too weird. I think that's the story of the movie, though. The backdrop of, you know, up until now, it's been a lot of movies that are war and all these commandos and soldiers that have done all this amazing stuff for America, and that's all everyone sees. And so they brought the story back home to be this organic oh my daughter just got kidnapped there's nothing to do with who i am now it's just my past caught up with me and then like you're saying you've got this girl who doesn't believe in the war and she's that like han solo character who's all of a sudden has to be like fuck this bullshit why are you guys still fighting a war that doesn't exist but it's more than that it's his daughter now i think like i read somewhere like 
that whole hotel scene where she's talking, um, she actually ad-libs. So all the lines that she's talking about, she goes, what are you guys doing? It's much of BS. And when you guys eat too much red meat and that, she's actually like, she's probably read the script and she's, she's just looking at it like, this is just too much machismo, man. This is like, so that's why there's, there's kind of, um, the, the, the lines work because she can see through the, how ridiculous the storyline is. You yeah, know, how, it's a bit um, too much. Cheese, the movie, yeah. Sorry. yeah, yeah. So she's kind of like the the level, the level one, eh? And 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 plus, you know, her character is, you know, because she she's still in disbelief. Like she's actually caught up in this, and then she's like, I was just trying to um get a date. I was just trying to call up my booty call from the airport, <laughs> hey, because that's what she was trying to do. Mm. Sally, good old Sally, was cutting in, you know, doing some <laughs> some eavesdropping, and then he went, you know, and he followed her, and then now, you know, she's 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 all in now. She actually sees that this guy is, is for real. Yeah. And I think the closing deal, once he shows her the photo of his daughter in the car, she's like, okay, okay, uh, you know, I've, I've got to spare 12 hours of my life. I want to come along for the right. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> there's a part, there's a part sort of at the end of the scene where, where, um, where Matrix, he kills Cook, and then they're about to take off um, uh, Matrix and Cindy, and then he grabs the, he's about to steal Cook's car, and, um, you know, he kills Cook, then he steals his car, and then he goes, oh, we'll take this guy's car. He won't be needing it. And I was thinking, that's so 1985. If, that, if you were to do that now, I'd be like, um, excuse me, you just killed him, and now you're stealing his car, and now you're teasing him. I think that's really inappropriate uh, juxtaposing up, you know, in, in this politically correct world that we live in now. It's sort of like, bro, um, after everything you've done to him, now you're going to tease him? That's really inappropriate, mate. Yeah, boys, now, nah, because my, my, um, my favourite scene, and this is uh, out of all of them, is the is the fight between um between Bennett and Arnold because you know mm. after watching it I was, so I've, I've rewatched it a couple of times like, to prep for this this podcast and when I was watching the fight and and I'm gonna be honest Bennett was winning that fight like mm. you know if we we're doing if we we're doing UFC kind of grading or boxing rounds I'm judging it yeah yeah well, if we're judging agreed, that, agreed. Ben, ben, Bennett's up three three rounds he's kicking Matrix ass in these scenes from the beginning but this is the one I always crack up. You know, he just finished killing the man, uh, you know, the, the dictator. And then his daughter, he has a daddy. Like, the, the faintest one, even though she's on the other side of the boiler room. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I was like, tell me. I was like, come on, man. He's on the other side, and she had that little whisper. <laughs> he runs down. That's all it takes. And then, and, hey, and so she, he, he grabs her, Bennett grabs her, shoots, and the man, and this is where that dialogue between them. Mm. You know that you know that he's talking about the knife and you don't need the gun, Bennett, you know. And so they're kind of like they're playing mind games with each other. So, yeah. you know, Arnold already won, so Arnold wins that by telling him you don't need the gun, we're just gonna have a knife fight. But you know that whole knife fight, I, I was trying to watch it and I was judging, I was going, Silly man, Arnold Bennett is kicking your ass, you know, Joe Matrix, man, you know, this is what he's been waiting for and he's got him. You know, like and the whole fight it's a you know, you watch a lot of um through the eighties. There's a lot of like to and fro, and that that that's probably one of where it came from. Like you know, the movies now, like with John Wick and all that. You know, John Wick's kicking everyone's butt. You know, no one's got a chance. But back then, they had to try and make it like when they had the knife. It kind of felt like they were both you know, like they were kind of even. And I I just like the, the actual fight scene because there's the bit, bro. The one thing that there's a lot of like stuff you're gonna shake your head at, like how he, they go there and they, they open up that that burner, the furnace. And he pulls off the the cover of the furnace, and I was going, "Silly, would that not burn your hands?" And the man smashes it over his head and that, and I was like, "Flop," you know. And but you know, he's he's getting his ass kicked until he has to, you know. We'll, we'll probably cut 
cut to it later until that until that scene with the most famous line of that movie. But I'm I'm just thinking I'm looking back at it now and and like that's how you know that's a good way to end them. You know the the main fight. That's a good main fight. I just thought that's looking back at all of all of the movies. Watching it from back in the 80s, all the movies that I've watched right up until now, that's still one of the ones where you know, Bennett might not have the Flash's body, but I think he might have had the, um, you know, he was the underdog in that fight, and I think he had the upper hand until he had, uh, had to let off some steam, you know? <laughs> it was sort of like that um, Muhammad Ali, that rope dope how he got, Muhammad Ali was able to suck George Foreman into, into some sort of, um, you know, changing his fight strategy. Because like you said, Bennett was winning, and when he says, oh, put down the gun, you got to put a knife for me. Imagine if Bennett said, nah, nah, I'll just shoot you, and then that's the fight plan he wouldn't. But he got, him, he got him to change his fight plan, just like uh, Muhammad Ali did to bloody uh, George Foreman, you know? And I'm sort of like, and I'm watching it again, don't put the gun, just shoot him, it's over, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing, I just, like you said, that, like, if you look at Bennett's body, you know, it's opposite to what um, John Matrix looks like, but all right throughout the movie, um, John Matrix is, is shown to be, like, the Superman. You know, we talk about him ripping the material and the airplane he, he, he lifts um, Sally over the cliff with one arm he probably lifts up the whole he lifts up Sally inside a phone booth over his head and chucks him down yeah it does he, he in the beginning he carries a, a tree you know so he's the Superman kind of guy and, and if you look at if you look at Bennett you'll think man nah Bennett's dead but that scene when they're struggling on the, in the furnace like you can see like John Mitchell he's struggling he's struggling like, yeah. where is his uh, superhuman strength then you know what Um, you know to counter that I'm just saying, like, this guy just went through 11 hours. Like, that's fatigue. <laughs> he's, just went through 11, he's just went through 11 hours. Of, he's just fallen off a plane. He's just gone to the war. He's flying everywhere. He's taking on all these cops. He's, you know, he's been on a... He's probably got jet lag. He's probably got jet lag. Got probably got sunburn island. from rowing in his... Exactly. Sunburn. <laughs> says, you know what? That's real life thing. You know what I mean? When you look back at it now... Bennett's got everything in his advantage because the guy's fatigued. The man, the man, you know, I don't know what he's running. I don't see him drink any energy drinks. I don't see him eat through the whole ordeal. So the man's just running on adrenaline. Mm. So, you know, right now, like, you know, watching now, like, oh, that's why Bennett had the upper hand. But, I mean, a full straight one-on-one, like, you know, Arnold, you know, John Matrix is fresh and Bennett's fresh. I mean, we know that, you know, he's going down first round. You know how you said Bennett actually won that fight? Well, he you, won. You put, it, you put it down to fatigue. You put it down to fatigue. Yeah. I put it down to fatigue. That's that's, oh, that's why how, you know, like you have about, to put logic to that. How about powering up? How about powering up during the fight? Because yeah. there's a scene yeah. where John Matrix pushes Bennett into the electric yeah. thing and he gets electrocuted. The man builds up, bro. The man, <laughs> yeah. the man comes, and, and he comes out of there. The man comes out of there and gives Matrix a, from electricity. <laughs> the man comes out of there being electrocuted. He throws a forehead combo into John Matrix straight away, bro. <laughs> Well, that's because you know, that's momentum. <laughs> but that's my favorite scene. You know, that's I just looking back at it now. Yeah, I, good I, scene, I thought, bro. Yeah, I, I liked every other scene, but then watching it back again, the last couple of times, I was like, this is a good fight. And and, mm. and 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 Matrix uses like you know he uses what the hatred that Bennett has towards him because Bennett always felt must have felt like Bennett was always because you see all the little jabs. The one thing I love about this movie is the back and forth between um between Bennett and jo- and Matrix, because if like if you look at each team each time that they're interacting, bro, they're having little jabs at each other. You know, Matrix. It always seems like Bennett's got his little little one-liners in that. You know, you know, he's, I'll be ready, John. 
And then that time, and he, you know, he goes, I'll be back, you know, and and I'm like, yo, you know, he's just carrying on. Like, he's always, Ben just seems to be one step ahead of him. But, you know, yeah, that's that's what I love about it. Out of all the scenes, you know, I put that as as much as I love the intro. I love the, um, that, that fight scene. Watching it again, like back in, like, like my, the way I was thinking back in the days, like, oh, this isn't fair. Um, Arnold should be smashing him because, you know, he's, he's got the bigger muscles and he's got this and that. But then I'm like thinking about now, I was like, oh, flip, you know, it kind of makes sense. And yeah, Arnold was getting his ass kicked. One, one thing, like, directly after that scene where he's, he fought Bennett and then he's already killed all those hundred soldiers on the island he kills Bennett he gets the daughter and he's coming out and just at that time that's when General Kirby and all the, the, the cavalry <laughs> arrive I'm like you know like, well he's always arrived when it's too late that's <laughs> the typical age of like come on man we needed you uh, you know 20 minutes earlier to help out there like, I've, got a couple, I've got a few questions from that um, Bennett Matrix fire like at the end where did Bennett get that Uzi from he just grabbed some Uzi Remember? Oh, well, there was, was going to shoot him between the balls. Yeah, and he said, I'm, I'm not going to shoot you between the eyes. I'm going to shoot you between the balls. But where did he get that gun from? It just showed up out of nowhere. You, you know, uh, the scene earlier where, where Bennett arrives on the oh, well, sorry, where Matrix arrives on the island and he's killing all those Gaia soldiers. Those guys must have been minimum wage workers or something because they just run out. They, they don't take cover. <laughs> they just run into the open field. They don't even aim when they're shooting. They just think so. <laughs> um, one of those Gaia min- minimum wage workers left it behind has got to be man. you know it's funny you bring that up i was like like if i was doing the mass and i was standing and i was going man all these guys are getting killed i might just go back to the barracks and just wait till they until this all blows over <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, training but i would if i was i'd be like right. oh maybe i should just take cover first and then try to aim before having before <laughs> shooting before running out they, they just, they just yeah. run into the open field and don't even aim and just, like, get killed just so easily, you know? I'm like, silly, man. If one of us were in one barricade and we were like, silly, man, all the guys are going, I'm like, man, let's do the maths, man. Like, you know, let's just hang out here, have a few beers, just wait, you know, just wait for, the, like, wait for this to die out, you know? See yep. how it just like, hey, whatever those These other guys, guys are, are like, doing, nah, that's not man, working. We've got to try something different. Even that shed scene where he went yeah. higher than the shed. And he was up, then, up on the ceiling, or the, the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even when he um, killed the first guy with, with the pitchfork, yeah. and he had he had to jump down, he had to go outside, get the other guy with the axe. But you, you mean to tell me while he's killing the other guys, there's no one around no one to else. just shoot him? Just to shoot him right there? They were on a budget over there when they hired some soldiers, it must be, because they got the, the worst guys possible. Okay, so with that, with that in mind, boys, what is what are we going to go with like, for the best, best scene of the movie? There's so many good, good scenes, but yep. what do you reckon? Yep. What are we going to go with? I reckon my favourite scene has got, got to be the last fight scene between Bennett and uh, Matrix. Yeah, that, uh, you know, it's hard to debate that. I, I think that's a, a critical scene. For me, I like the other scene you brought up with just all the scenes that Sully's in because <laughs> to me, he, he's the most realistic He's the realistic character. We all know a Sully in real life. So I, I watch that scene. I think, I'm watching it again. I, I know, I know who that is. In real life. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know a guy who always tries to, you know, Thinks he's got all I think ladies, unless you're an actual gangster, yeah. that's the closest you'll get to knowing anyone of Saleh is, is that nature. Yeah, 
And plus, you know, if you know someone who's tough when all his mates are on talking crits to, to Matrix and then when he was by himself, he runs like the wind, you know? I'm like, oh, shit. That, that's why, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I agree. I, I'll look at all the scenes. There's so many good ones, so it's hard to narrow it down. But mm. what, what do you guys reckon? How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, just like Stacey said, it's hard, it's hard to pick the, a, a good good scene in, in, in this movie. But one, one of my favorite scenes when I was a kid was, was actually that fight scene, that um, Isa's fight scene. The last fight, just because there were so many lines in it and so, so many cheesy favorite. lines, and um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just the action of it. And it was... How are you, Tana? Yeah, I think for me, the the favorite again, Wolf Saleh is is that you mentioned it earlier was when he's holding him off the cliff, and I think that whole dialogue just, I guess, I I just enjoy the humor that that's in mm. that whole scene of him, you know, not, and I get, I guess, the irony of him, you know. <laughs> Kiss my ass. I can't hear you. I'll say it a little louder than get fucked. Listen, loyalty is very touching. But it is not the most important thing in your life right now. But what is important is gravity. I have to remind you, Sally. This is my weak arm. You can't kill me, Matrix. You need me to find your daughter. Where is she? I don't know. But cook those. I'll take you where I'm supposed to meet her. But you won't. Why not? Because I already know. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Major. You did. I lied. So now you don't have a car. Now I do. What'd you do with Sally? I let him go. And, yeah. and just that humor of, of him encapsulating that whole thing, but then still seeing he's ruthless enough to just throw him off. It's like, oh, shucks, this guy. So, yeah, that was a favorite scene for me, just seeing that, that whole rounded of, of his character and still being, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, but these are things I need to do. And, you know, just, just take, like, I guess you see him like, oh, man, this guy's the man, but still taking out these people, like, he's talked to them, and, and that's pretty ruthless just to be able to, like, oh, you talked to him earlier, and now you've actually killed him, and it's nothing. Tons, that that scene as well, like that whole bit from how he says to Sully, you know, like the, you know, if you go back and watch it, so anyone that's mm. listening, they go back and watch it. He looks at Sully like, you know, Sully, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, bro. When he has that little quip about his daughter. Take care. Oh, here, have some beers in Valverde Matrix. It'll give everyone a little more time with your daughter. You're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. You know what I mean? Like, it's, mm. any person that's a parent, if someone made a little kind of joke to you, you're like, oh, Sully, I'm about to, mm. you're going to get it, man. I'm going to, you know, it doesn't matter what I've told you, it's, it's either going to go the other way anyway. You know that guy, that guy, Sully, as well, he's he, he's like one of the, the top actors. He was in that, that movie, The Warriors. It's the, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, man, he's like a, his acting ability, and he plays that part. Like, yeah, so, well, so well. believable how mm. much of a creepy Yeah, how much of a creepy is, you know, and he plays it so well, but he's like a, he's like a world-class actor. So, yeah, I, I, I well, you know, it's hard to narrow it down to one scene. I've changed my mind again. I'm a few times on I think Simon's got a good point with um, showing um, Matrix his ruthlessness. Because I feel we first see it at the beginning when um, they kidnap his daughter and he um, goes, gets his gun from the shed and he, he, he goes into the upstairs bedroom. One of the henchmen, I think his character's name is, uh, is Diaz. He's sitting on the chair and he explains the Matrix. Uh, Mellow out, man. We can't talk business with you waving guns in people's faces. 
Your daughter's safe, Colonel. Whether she stays that way is up to you. My people got some business with you. And if you want your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. And shoots him. So I think that that moment you you sort of see, okay, but this guy is serious. He's a, he's a killer. And I think um, what he does to Sally is just an extension of that. Yeah. Damn. I, mean, I wanted to add on to that Sally one, but no, I think you guys really man, are you? Because that, that's yeah, one that of my guy. Oh, dude, that guy's a good actor. That guy played Sully. He's yeah. like a. He's an um John Wick. Oh, oh true. So they um you know Sully. What was um what was the name of the actor? David Patrick Kelly, I think, comes alluded well, to. David was, Patrick the Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> like I mentioned, he was he he was such a uh, man, uh, such a versatile actor. So I mentioned before, he was on um who was that movie, The Warriors? I'm not sure if you, everyone's seen that movie, this um sort of New York gangs movie. It's yeah, it's uh, one of the classic movies. And his role as the uh the main the main bad guy in there, like he is, he really he fits was in well with the body, like, so horrible person. That, yeah, yeah, he he really fits in with playing that bad sort of crazy crazy guy. He does an amazing job, and and yeah, I we we all know Asylum in real life, and that that's what I liked about his role was he was so so convincing. His his bit in the Warriors is where like like his line is the one of the most iconic lines like in pop culture as well. He's the guy that's doing the bottles, yep. you know, like yep. you know he's he's got that whiny voice in that. So he's got that bit, and then you go, hey, this guy, man, because through the whole thing, he's framed him, you know, and he's a bad guy, and you come to Sally, and he's playing, you know, he's gone from wearing that, the vest and that, and now he's got a suit on, and he's still that dodgy, creepy, you know, everyone knows they're kind of dodgy, like the, the those fear Kamalianga guys, but, you know, they, they're just, uh, it's lucky that they got some guys, you know, backing them up, like he's got a cook, but like in Warriors, he's got all his little, his gang members as well. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that distinctive face, you know, that face that looks like a, a real smartass kind of yeah. kind of guy. And, 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 and both, you know, in both yeah, movies, yeah, he plays that role so well. Like, eh? yeah, bro, in both both those movies, he's that smartass, you know, little shit kind of face, and he's just hiding behind these guys. He's that guy, man, and it's, it's just his his features, eh? His face features, you know, his facials. And that's what sells sells his character, you know. Mm. Yep. Yep. I agree. And plus, you, you it sort of seem to, you sort of tend to like uh, preserve him in a way because he's a short guy. You know, he's probably got that short man syndrome. But he has to like punch up his weight and do all that kind of <laughs> stuff. You know, like 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 they said, like he's got the big guys around him. He has to act tough. Yeah. Mm. What other movies has um? I'm just interested to know what other characters he's played in other movies. He, he was a snitch on um Forty Eight Hours, so he was like the informant that um Nick Nolte and uh, Eddie Murphy. I think it was uh, one yeah, of them. Like, um, yeah. like, like, like you said, Dan, what do you he's call got that, that in the sort of face that he's a um, he's a perennial okay. bad guy. I think in nearly every movie he's um he's never the good guy. He's always that bad guy because he's got yeah. that type of that type yeah. of face, like you said. His character, so, actor, character, actor. yeah, yeah, he's real believable, real believable, real believable. Yeah, I think that's why Commando stands up for him because it's hard to narrow it down to one scene. He's yeah, like nah, five right. or six amazing scenes, yeah. which is why the the movie is is good. Out of the so many favorite scenes, that's pretty cool. Like. Yeah, I, I've Very got I've got a couple more which we don't get to mention, but uh, you know we don't want to spend too much on this category, so we'll move forward to the next part. This movie, Commando, it's action packed. 
Yeah. It's actually yeah. packed. Hey, you can't. If you're at the movie theater, you can't go for a, a piss break. Hey, <laughs> from the start, beginning to finish, it's just action packed all the way. Exactly. And that's, that's what probably yeah. uh, that was a good thing about this movie as well. When you think back in the days when we couldn't pause, this is not like live. Uh, <laughs> when it was coming on TV, you get taller, that's gone. You missed it. <laughs> and that's why Islanders like it, man. Like you said, it's action packed, man. Yeah. You know, with the physical physicality of, of all the fights and, you know, all the action with the guns in there. That's what we enjoyed back then. You, you don't have to think much, eh? It's not like a drama where you have to think about the story and think about this guy's characterization. It's just straight action. Straight like, you know. Yeah. You know, Simple like, storyline. Your daughter's gone. Go get her. Yeah, I've had to charge my phone twice. Oh, you're just showing off that you got two phones? <laughs> we get it, bro. <laughs> I have to keep charging. One phone for work and one phone when you're sully. <laughs> one phone for the ladies, eh, sully? <laughs> but sweet, then, like, well, I'll get into the next one. Yeah. Yep. We all prep. Okay, boys, category three, the old, uh, you know, it's a good old drinking game that we used to always play. Like, I'm sure that everyone else that's listening is um, dabbled in. Uh, ship comes to the hub of Kage full of favorite commander lines. So I'm going to start with those. So Danny, that's what you got, us. Hey, man, as a, as a kid, I remember, um, like, watching this movie and then going to school and talking about all the lines and all the scenes. And, and one one of the main ones was uh, was the scene where, he, where he's on the plane. He kind of just uh, knocked out and killed What's his name? Enrique, the big, tall, his escort. Yeah. yeah. So he was already pretty much snapped his neck, and then um, he kind of put the blanket on him, put his hat on him, and then the um, hostess goes, comes over. He asks her how long the flight was, blah, 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 and then he, then he says to her, Excuse me, how long is the flight? We land in Valverde in exactly 11 hours. Thank you. And do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones, man, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because you know that was one of my favorite lines. But directly after that was also a good line too. It was kind of like cheesy, but it was funny. It was when that when he stood up to escape, and then the stewardess grabbed him and said, "Sir, during takeoff you must remain seated." I'm Yasuk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why I love those same lines, like. I guess, you know, just being young and when you hear, like, oh, he's pretty clever because he's dead, but he's yeah. going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It's like, That's right. oh, he's clever, man. <laughs> That's right. You put it in context. We're little kids. Like, I, yeah, this, it, yeah. I didn't watch it when it came out. I was, like, 9 or 10 when it came, you know, when we finally watched it on, on video. And so when I, I kind of figured out the lines, I thought I was smart at the time, like, Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about it, most of his lines are all, all sarcastic, you know? Sarcasm. Mm, exactly. Or yeah. most, not just his lines, most of the characters in there. Right? Mm. And it just makes, that's what you, makes those you know, lines. one thing, hey, I remember, because oh, I've watched the movie a hundred times, but I always thought, oh, man, if I'm ever having a fight with someone, I would love to just pull out one of those commando lines. <laughs> <with fighting. laughs> it never happened, up. but I always <laughs> wanted to do that. It just, yeah. I was just halfway up the line, and then I was unconscious. <laughs> nah, but I always, I always wanted to do that. Just you know, mid-fight, come out with one of those commando lines and say, "Yeah." So you probably pull out the line like you're already like in a scrap, and you'll just say, "I eat green berries for breakfast," and the guy goes, "What? What the fuck is this guy on about?" <laughs> yeah, then I'll throw my punches. Yeah, I don't. but that's that's my. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, Kim. 
it's pretty cool. But my, my favorite line as a kid I remember was the um, was the fight between Cook and uh, Matrix, and and it was from Cook. So he said, "You scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because the Green Berets gonna kick your big ass." I eat Green Berets for breakfast. So when I first heard that, my thought directly was to um, Rambo. Because John Rambo is a Green Beret. I was coming into Commando, I remember coming into Commando as a as a John Rambo fan. And that line, if, if Cook's saying he's a Green Beret, and then Matrix after that says, I eat Green Berets for breakfast, I sort of took that as like a dick to um, John Rambo. How about you guys? You know, one of the things there about that line is sort of like he's Cook comes up with line, and then he's got to come back straight away, and it's sort of like when you're having that back and forth banter, it's important to have that comeback straight away. Like, oh yeah, I eat green brace for breakfast. <laughs> you know, I thought what a good comeback. <laughs> and then he follows up. Oh, right now I'm I'm really hungry or whatever. What a comeback guy. Because if you think about the yeah. whole movie, it's actually Matrix and Cook that has the lines, and they have the one-liners. Yeah. Uh, mm. No, no, Bennett, Bennett's, ben, Bennett's, Bennett's got, got some really lines. good lines. Yeah, he's actually got one of my favorites. Oh, so what's your sons? What's your favorite? Um, what's your ship came to the harbor winner? Well, I don't know if it's a winner, but but going with the Bennett lines, because I guess you know he's the he's the the bad guy in it. But I guess I like that scene where you know he's like setting a little girl's throat is like cutting warm butter. Put the knife away. Shut your mouth. I love listening to your little pissant soldiers trying to talk tough. They make me laugh. If Matrix was here, he'd laugh too. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because you know, I like it. Just that, just that calm. It's, it's just a, a side remark. But, you know, in the context of the movie, you know, this guy's trying to act like big dog. Like, yeah. Man, yeah. These guys, we're secured. We got this. You know, and that's what you guys were talking about before. Like, hey, who are these security guys? And he's like, hey, we got this locked down, man. I've got these niggas sorting it out. He's like, hey, man. <laughs> 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 hey, uh, it kind of it sits the form like he's a cut above. He's on the level. These, these guys, they're, they're playing reserves. And, and, and um, John Mitch is playing NRL. <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it, but that's uh, one of my anti lines that I really like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, there's like. so many. Yeah, there's so many like quality line, like not quality, but just great line. Like, like this is the the movie of real good dialogue, like good writing. Like, I don't know, it's good writing. It's not. It's not, it's not like a Quentin Tarantino movie where that's that's dialogue, but yeah. where one line is really. Kind of like, you know, the go that every conversation is like everyone trying to one up everyone. Yeah, and I guess it's jabs. It's it's not a it's not a knockout punch. Like every line is is never a knockout punch and, and so I, I guess that's the it's like a like uh like an Ali fighter. Like, you know, just watching a really good fighter is just really good jabs throughout the whole fight. It's like, man, this is a good fight to watch. Mm. Yeah. Stace, what about yours? Yeah, I was just looking back. There's so many lines, it's hard to pick one. But I remember in Sully where he, you know, he rates himself as a bit of a ladies' man, and he goes to try and chat up Cindy. And I was trying, I just wanted to hear what his opening line was, you know. And he goes up to her and he goes, "You know, I've got something I'd really like to give you." <laughs> and I was thinking, "Fuck, is that the best you can come up with?" <laughs> He's probably gonna. She she cuts him off straight away and says, "You know, I'm not interested." I'm sure if she said, "Oh, okay, what's that?" He probably would have. 
unzip his pants or something really, <laughs> really clear like that. I'm like, bro, come on, man. If you're going to be a lady killer, you got to come up with something better than that. I just remember cracking up when I watched it oh, just recently. I thought, oh, bro, is that the line you're going to come up with? <laughs> oh, I just that was really, you know, so, out of so many lines, to me, I just, I just, I like that one because I didn't pick up on it the first time when I watched it as a young person. But yeah, you know, I, I think it like, resonates because like that's I so corny. Twenty man. years, and then twenty years after the fact, you know, ginger bar. Those are the lines I used to hear. You see, like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even try. Get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> and yourself, I what, 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 what was your one? Sure, there, there's quite a few, but I, I really like the interaction between um between Matrix and Bennett. The little lines, like, you kind of feel, like, because I think there's only about four scenes where they actually talk to each other. And every time they talk to each other, they've got little killer lines in that. If you look back at it, that's really good writing because you kind of get that Bennett, you know, he, he's real bitter and he's angry at him. And John Matrix is still, like, always, he's one up. He's always going to kick his ass. And he's always a bit fiffy. My line is, um, but where he's, he's come down with no breaks and that. And Bennett kind of gets the one up on him when he goes, Bennett. I thought you were... Dead. You thought wrong. Ever since you had me thrown out of your unit, I've waited to pay you back. Do you know what today is, Matrix? Payday. <laughs> you know, I was like, damn. <laughs> 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 nice. Oh, man. Sort of all part of the same crew, so, um, yeah. like... Uh, Bennett and Sully and they all had their one line so I'm sure when after that fight they, they would have said oh so who won the fight and they would have said oh no nah, I lost and then they would have said but who won the trash talking you know that would have been a big part of it so like <laughs> did you win the trash talk at least or did you lose that as well I was like no 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 my one line was the best you know in the beginning when um, Cook when Cook goes around and kills um, John Matrix's men yeah and Bennett is the last guy to get killed or supposedly getting blown up on that uh, fishing boat and then next minute you see Bennett again, he delivers that line and um, shoots him with the tranquilizer. Like, I can't remember thinking, oh, that's the guy that was on their boat. Like, thinking, you know. Yeah, you're yeah. right. These are new so facts I, I never, right now. You know? These are new facts of the movie. Yeah. I need to watch yeah, them yeah. again. Yeah. You know, like, I can't remember thinking, oh, fuck, that was the guy that was on the boat that blew up. Yeah. I can't remember that. I can't remember thinking that. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Know, you know why I reckon why? Because hmm? his whole outfit changed, bro. Oh yeah. So do you reckon Dan, like technically, do you reckon they did that scene poorly or just? Nah, I think it is I what it is. It is what it is. But they didn't show show enough of him when that boat blew yeah. up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I I I didn't actually think Especially of that. Especially to change the outfit and stuff. Yeah, if he, exactly. If he, had a, if he had a bit more dialogue, eh? Like yeah. he was interacting with him more mm-hmm. and like making made him a bit I a feel character. Like a and then di- I feel like, like a fake. I feel like they made him. If they made him like a real cool guy, I'm not saying like you know if they had like kids and go, hey, 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 everyone, oh, he's such a cool guy. And then the boat plays up. He goes, oh, Sully died. Mm. But I don't yeah. remember all the interaction. Yeah. There's no because there's hardly any interaction. Yeah. So you got him like he, he's not a character that you would kind of relate to, eh? Yeah, you know, I think they could have done something where, you know, with General Kirby, even Bennett, he got blown up on a fishing boat just to sort of plug that gap a little bit. But better, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They could have yeah. done something along those lines because I agree with you, Kevs. Yeah. I didn't I didn't pick it up until I watched it this week. Mm. I said, mm. oh, okay, so that, that's the connection there. He actually smiled at Cook before he jumped on the boat. 
See, that, and that, yeah, that's right. Change so, of the characters, so, you know. There's there's a different uh, the two same guy but different characters. You know what I mean? Like he's the mm. nice guy on the boat, and 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 to me that guy on the boat it actually looks more tougher than more tough than um the Bennett that you see when he when he catches him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just with yeah. the outfit change and a bit yeah. more manly on the boat, and I feel like I lost nothing without that fact, though. Like the movie still. I, I mean that that's a that's a critical point. Like if if you're if you watch the movie and try to pick holes in the plot, then you will you'll ruin your own enjoyment. It's sort of like you can't just mm-hmm. you can't look at the movie and think, oh, there's major plot holes here, and they, that's why the movie sucks. Because otherwise, yeah, you'll ruin it for your own self. So yeah, I, that's a that's a good point. It's like mm. don't don't get too caught up in the plot lines. Otherwise, even if it changed, <laughs> nothing really. Lo- yeah, yeah, it's still fun. All right. So I think you lost that one, Stace. In the in the um, ship canal harbor. Oh, uh, did I? <laughs> oh yeah, I just I just I, I, I just did we get up two to? Vor- I just did two vortexes right now, so that's <laughs> right now. <laughs> Were those uh, coronitos? Did you have uh, half bottles? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay, that's cool. I lost. I, I did two vortexes. Through <laughs> <laughs> through a nostril each, <laughs> one in each nostril. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, to add an um, honourable mention is that line at the end in the Bennett mm. Matrix fight. You're getting old, John. You're getting old. Because that line there, if you're a Pacific Islander, you're bound to have a cousin or brother or someone named John. You know, and you <laughs> like, I know, I's, I's, uh, we've got Eyes and Danny, uh, they both got brothers named John. I mean, I think a lot of survivors out there know what I'm talking about. You know, if you've got a cousin, brother, know someone named John, you've got to put up that line somewhere. And, and the I same line is... They see you as John more than once. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the line, um... John! I'll be ready, John! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I'll be ready, John. John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it to it's my brother funny. back then because I would have got hiding. But I can say it yeah. now because I'm a bit older now. <laughs> oh, because you're tough now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're in lockdown. Because I'm lockdown, lockdown, you can't come over here. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I can run faster now, Tana. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Any other lines you boys want to chuck in there? I mean, like. Everyone that's listening knows there's, there's a million. They're probably going, bro, what about this line and that? What's the line that you Do think? Everyone's got that line there. We've kind of missed out on them. You know? What's the obscure ones that, that, that you think, man, no one knows that one? Like, it's a, yeah. What's your one that like you saved for the end of Ship Came to Harbour? What's your obscure line that like, no one's got this? Cause oh, yeah, yeah. 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 What's yeah. your one that's you saved? Yeah, your trap exactly. card. Yeah. That's yeah, your, yeah, that's right. You know that when you when you're getting towards the end and everyone's just reaching in, like oh, my one is um there's in the in the opening scene, General Kirby he goes to um see John at the house, John Matrix and his daughter and Jenny at the house, and he's like jumped out of the chopper and he's like, John, John, are you in there? John, come on out. It's Kirby. I know. Silent and smooth, just like always. You better be. You taught me. I'm getting a little rusty. 
<laughs> I was like, whoa, that's too much props, man. You know, like, I love that line A, styling it as smooth, just like always. That, that whole scene, like, you know, man, that whole scene, like, there's this part where, you know, he's having breakfast with Ginny, and then he senses, he can, with a supersonic hearing, he can hear yeah, the chopper, yeah. and then he looks, and then a couple of seconds later, the chopper arrives it's sort of like he's a super soldier he heard it before you could even see the chip what is it yeah and, and then there's that part eight not long after where uh general kirby he says he leaves oh, i'll leave you these guys these are my two two of my best guys not as good yeah. as yeah and then they get killed in the first two <laughs> but he tells that guy who gets shot eh? he does that guy get shot he says, how bad are you hit i can make it i'll be all right I've got to get my rifle from the shed. Keep an eye out. They'll be coming. Remember, you're downwind. The air current may tip them off. Downwind? You think I can smell them coming? I did. I smell them. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, yeah, like, and the guy is like, he's shocked. Hey. Yeah, like, you know, General Kirby. Hey, that time I, I, he smells them before they arrive, I'm like, oh, he's so yeah. You know, General Kirby, I put him down as my notes. He's the ultimate hype guy. Through the whole movie is to build up John Matrix as the ultimate killing machine, eh? Like every line he adds, like he's in some like bits, like you know he's got that line. You know they're talking about like uh, when they go and they come back and they've already taken Jenny and they go back to John's house and they go, you know, with the bodies and then goes and he goes, if he's still alive, I expect much more. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, what, we, what should we expect? Uh, World War Three. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the last bit, you know, is you leave anything for us? Just bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. This guy is the ultimate killing machine, man. Set the scene so well. And like you said, guys, in that timeline, you know, so quickly, they had to ramp this guy up as, fuck, this guy is, well, yeah. you know, an actual war. Like, there's countries that they made movies, like I said, the context of, you know, all these movies about war. This guy is just one man. And in his one day, he made a whole, you know, like, oh shit, yeah. that's what he went through. Yeah, bro. He he just adds you know, Frank Kirby, he's he's the kind of guy that you build the character around. So him and Bennett, like they work together because Bennett gives the bad guys a, a image of oh, this bad and then Kirby's like telling all the other boys, Solid this guy. You know, you talk about the one guy that used to go knock out everyone uh, like Solid this guy, bro, man, he's the good he's, he's Captain America, bro. Did you want do you want to talk about it later for little steam? Because I think that's the the obvious one that everyone knows. I've, I've got nothing really further to mention about it, but I want to I want to share that because I've got a take on that too. Well, what's your take? What's your take on let off a little steam? Oh, yeah. Like I think that everyone, the scene that everyone knows is the one where he gets that pipe, he rips it off the wall, and he throws it through him, and then you've got the steam, and you've got it coming out, and he goes to Bennett. Let off some steam, Bennett. And I, when I was going off, what? Far out, you're the man, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he, yep. You just ripped the pipe off the wall. He threw it through Bennett. It went through a concrete wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, I was watching it, and I was like, unless he's getting like some of that, the Captain America, like they, they were using the the pipes that they're using in Rwanda, you know, to do the. <laughs> There's no, there's no way humanly possible for you to throw a pipe through someone that's going to go through them, go through a concrete wall, and go into the steam room for that amount of steam to come. <laughs> I, I want to, 
Like, have you watched a movie? There's a there's a full burst of steam coming out, man. Like, far out. There's some strong pipes. They, I don't know what they're working with over there, but damn. <laughs> I just I was just looking at it now. Like that, like that that line though. Wait, it works. So when you're you know nine year old, I see now. I'm like, man, you're the man, Matrix. But then like watching it again, I was like, so just the leader, <laughs> tough man. <laughs> that's um, especially you know, after you know he's been fighting all these guys for 11 hours like you said <laughs> and then he, he killed the, the team, box man, the and now he's tired and then to finish him off but that's the only way you challenge. can finish it eh? like, in yeah, the 80s fatality, that's like fatality that's how they start these things <laughs> that's the, that's the you first gotta make it like I fought two rounds and now I'm just gonna finish you like a, a real finishing yeah harder so now that's that, that you know that line that's the line that everyone would go to, but I just looking at looking back at it now, I was like, "Flip, man!" It, you know, if Matrix wasn't gonna be ex Special Forces, he could have been a baseball pitcher or something because that's a bit of a <laughs> quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta the be, hell be a javelin, javelin for a while because that's some that's some serious force, man. But you don't ask these questions back then, eh? Yeah, like you know, that's the beauty about this film, like. The 80s film, you don't have to, like, films now, you, you, you kind of, like, you have to take it, you know, like, oh, man, you kind of, like, delve real deep into it. But back then, man, it was just fun, bro. It was just a fun, fun hour and a half of just, you know, just watching really good, watching John Matrix clean up. And that's that's why I love that line. That's why I love this yeah. this, this movie. I, I think, like, a lot of movies that followed on from there, sort of, like, um, they would have some action scenes and they would follow them up with these one-liners. That was sort of like one of the, the first ones that um, they put that forward where you kill someone and then you, you mock them a little bit, you know, with a <laughs> line. And, yeah, a lot, of movies, a lot of movies afterwards just followed that same format where you'd see these deaths and then these just cheesy one-liners not long after that. So I think that Commando, it set a, a real good scene and, and a good platform that other action movies follow from there. But, but uh, you know, what? one of the things I thought would be interesting, like, imagine if, um, if Bennett, he started cracking up and thinking, oh, fuck, yeah, that's a good joke, get off a little steam while he's dying on the thing. Just start laughing, yeah, good one. Yeah. That's a funny <laughs> one, bro. Yeah. You got me. But, <laughs> you got me. I feel like that's the ultimate insult towards injury. Like, you're already killing a guy, and then you start mocking him afterwards. Like, is that necessary? Do you have to mock him as well as kill the guy? Sort of like, you know, if you're hearing a joke from Matrix, that means you're going to die, bro. Like, you know, remember when I said, oh, I'll kill you last, I lied, and all these other guys, I ate green berets for breakfast, let off a little steam. If he's telling yeah. a joke, you're probably going to be getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, to, to tell the truth, guys, I haven't watched the action movie nowadays. Like, I, I don't really watch these modern action movies. But do they still have those one-liners? I don't think they use the same formula as the 80s, you know what I mean? Mm. They try and, I... they don't want to use that. There's the political correctness as well with the, the modern world as well. I, I touched on that earlier before when he kills Cook. He kills Cook, he steals his car, and then he goes to um, Sydney. Oh, well, oh he, he won't be needing his car anymore. And I'm like, you know, that's, uh, that's so inappropriate to you. Kill a man and steal his car and then tease him like that. It's really inappropriate behavior. <laughs> so I, I thought, you know, in, in this modern world, you know, those sort of jokes, I don't know if they'll, they'll fly as much as they did back in the 80s. I think the reason why, like, Islanders really um, relate to this movie is, you know, how we put each other down? Like, you know, we always, <laughs> we always, have, to, we always have to have the last day. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You know, like, yeah. 
Yeah. That one line is like, you know, you put someone down and they try and come back. And then when you get the one that kills them and everyone just laughs and, and then there's just ma, yeah. you go, God damn, where, where did you get that from? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love it. It's just those jabs, like I was saying. It's that's why we that look- long game, like yeah. throughout the night, you just have jabs. And that's what, you know, your your audience is whoever else is around when you're drinking. That's and so, right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know if it I lands know. until you hear the audience and then it's like, oh, yeah. So you think this movie is, but all these jokes, they're landing it like, well, fuck, we're going to put it out there. We don't know if it's landing. <laughs> you reckon like the way that, like, because we've all been brought up in, in, in that kind of, those kind of movies, Die Hard and, and, and Rambo and all these all these movies with one-liners, do you reckon that's kind of formed our humour? You think it's kind of formed the way that we kind of talk to each other? Like, you know, we've always kind of trying to one-up. Yep. you got to have a, have a little quit. Like, you know, some oh, people, sure. you know, other people try and, like, they work well, the, the guys who make hey. the movie, that's an outlet. They're artists. So that's their expression, just like a journalist. That's their way of expressing, just like a podcast. Mm-hmm. So you think their movie is the expression of what they view the world as? Oh, that's deep, bro. <laughs> Are you guys not there yet? Oh, I'm on my ass. Uh, you, know, you know what? You know what I think of. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say, I'll say something. You know what I used to think of as the origins that we used to come over to Starling for. It's sort of like obviously you want to win the game, but if you can't win the game, then you have to at least win the trash talk amongst everyone. The New South Wales is <laughs> yeah, exactly. trash talk. And when when your brother Ice, when your older brother there, I would. We would win the game and win the trash talk all night, and it was such a such an amazing, <laughs> amazing, such a rare occasion. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, I got I got that feeling from Commando, like you mentioned. It's sort of like I, sometimes the winning the trash talk was almost more important than winning the games in some ways. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard out. So it's hard out. Like you know, I, I used to. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I used to study and prepare my jokes before I come like to study. On the I've never admitted that before. It's pure on the podcast. Yep. And, and by Kev's, he was he was the best, bro. He had, he could come up with with gold or what. Like he would be good in Commander. He he's like the real one line zinger, kill you with the zingers guy, man. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I that really shaped a lot of my humor and how I thought about things. So are you are you saying that like um, Roger is like Cook? Nah, when... far from it. Far from it. <laughs> <laughs> Roger's like General Kirby. He's not offering something. He's got to try to set it up for everyone else. He's got nothing else to offer. <laughs> wow. Ain't you recording the whole You better not put me to be Sully. I just want to say that. I just want to say that right now. You better not put me to be Sully because I don't think that I'm the real Sully. I think that, uh, Who are you talking to? I, I feel... I'm talking to all of you. I feel like you guys are already going to put me to be Sully. And I want to... You better not. Do not do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Hey, I'm going straight to hang out a few. Have another drink. Have another drink, man. I'm going straight. Where's all this negativity coming from, man? I'm going to hang out. I think lockdown got you going crazy. This whole afternoon, this guy's talking Sally up, and he doesn't want us to pick him as Sally. I'm going to hang out. Hang out now. Call me Sally. I'm going to hang out. You need to go do your mindfulness and then meditate and then come back. Later, off. I'm off. I'm off. I knew, I knew when you put this category in, I was trying to think of a reason why I'm not going to be Sally. I can't. I can't come up with a good one. Hi, boys. Moving along. Next category. Favorite character besides the main actor, John Matrix. Who's your favorite voice? Yeah. You know when you, you know when I think about it, when you, when you line up every bad guy in that movie, if you line up like Enrique, Sally, Cook, 
Then uh, you got Diaz, you got the big Taylor guy. Blend them all up. I wouldn't put Big Bennett as the main bad guy. Mm. He looks like he's got a pop belly. Has he got a pop belly? But he's, he's standing there with his uh, outfit. He's, he's got his chain mail on. You know, he's a pretty uh, rough guy. But now nah, I wouldn't even pick him. Like the way the characters played out, I reckon I would pick Bennett as the last sort of guy. Okay, so my favorite character other than um, the main character was um, actually um, it was uh, actor Bill Duke's character, um, Cook. This guy, he starts off. He starts. He actually starts off the movie being the main hitman. Automatically, you see him as like a fucking like like a badass kind of uh, badass dude. Just as happy, like he's like real quiet. He's real sinister. To be honest, I don't know main bad guy because because you know when I think about it, he's way better than than Bennett. I, I agree yeah. with that. I, th- I thought he was the like, um, you know, too. when they had that fight, when they had that fight with you know. Cook, Cook, and Matrix. I I looked at that as more long fight more than I looked at the, the Bennett, the Bennett Matrix fight. Just just for that reason, because I agree. I thought he was a mm. he was pretty stone cold. The way he delivered his one liners when he says to that to the rubbish guy, uh, yeah, yeah. don't worry, we won't miss you. And when he steals that car, he says, "I like the price." It's yeah. just stone cold. He doesn't even smirk. He doesn't smile. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly. Joke. He's yeah. just like. He's ruthless. Eh? He's got that ruthlessness about him, and, and I agree yeah. with that too. Yeah, at least he should be like yeah. the, the the second to last guy to get killed. Even the way he um, he dresses, he's pretty dapper, you know, with suits. Yeah. It's pretty intimidating. I think he's like the classic uh, henchman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I, I like the way they give they sort of they give him his own hardcore scene. Uh, I like because I don't you don't want him to be sort of caught up with the um, the minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, soldiers, they got. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they gave them. They gave them that at least. But, 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 but I agree. I, the whole time watching the movie, I remember the first time I watched it. I thought, oh man, this, this is going to be a even matchup cook between Cook and Matrix. But you know, yeah. I'd say yeah, that's a, that's a good call there on on Cook. Mm. What about you, Dan? Dan, you got you got um. Um, this category was favorite characters. Um, I, I took um, a look into the funny, my, the funniest characters for me, and one of the most eats guy of this movie, I reckon, was Enrique. You, you know <laughs> which one was Enrique? That was yeah, yeah. that was his personal escort onto the plane. <laughs> yeah. one, one of the main reasons, like this guy was the funniest, because this guy was the biggest beef and build up guy ever, bro. <laughs> he was actually bigger than Arnold in that. What made me laugh about it was just the way he was slick and especially like when just before he's getting onto the plane, he's pointing at Sally like, I got this, bro. I got this, bro. This guy only had one job to do, bro, and he didn't even do it. You know, you know, that's the thing. They they probably off their team with, with Bennett and Cook and they're thinking, oh, you know, we've got this guy, and he's so gaya. What can we give him? Just put him on the plate. There's no way you can, you can stuff that up. They're probably thinking, you can't get that wrong. <laughs> and, he get that wrong. <laughs> and he fucks it up. And he, he fucks it up. And, and, like, it up. and yeah. they're probably shaking their head like, right, we gave you the easiest job. How do you flip and stuff that? You're on a plane and there's no escape and you still stuff it up. It's <laughs> like they're looking at him. Man, uh-huh. we, need to get, we need to get rid of this guy, bro, out of the group, man. He's guy, man. I'm no, sure he's no. probably he's probably Cook's cousin and so Cook's like so like I've got this cousin he needs a job. I need a job. We can look him up, bro. He's he's pretty big. He's pretty big, bro. Uh, he can he can just do this easy job with just got to just sneak him on the plane. That's all you got to get him to do. And say, oh yeah, sweet ass. <laughs> so like, so that's what makes his you character know, funny. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes his character funny because he's just the way he walks and talks and. 
And like even just getting on the plane, how he's like putting his ear to the hostess and she's giving him his number and he's still walking past like that, like he's the <laughs> feel come out cool dude. And even when yeah, he talks, sure. you know, when he talks to um, Matrix, when he tells him, you know, open your mouth again, I'll just nail it shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'll nail it shut. Sorry, he's no, just no. like I'm the man. I'll kick your ass. So he just got one elbow to the face and he five men. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm sure. No, no. I'm sure that's that probably could do double but deeper. That's Cook's cousin who needed a job and was like, <laughs> no, and, but like you know, no. you think to yourself, if that's your job, just to make sure he sits next to you on the plane for the whole ride. You think, oh, yeah, you can do that, man. I'll stand you off for the easy stuff. Boys, boys, to counter that. The thing is, like, leading up to, to when they're walking towards the, the gate and then, uh, and then Sally says, like, they were in the in the force and that, they probably gave him the hardest job because there's, there's a reason why they wouldn't put Sally on the flight because Matrix would have kicked his ass straight away on the flight. They would have given, they, like, you know, the hardest job to, to him. To him and, but there's no, uh, escape. there's no escape on the plane well, in theory. Yeah, in theory. Plane. So it's sort of like, the, the, shit, yeah, but, once you're but, on the but, plane, you, you've there's nowhere to go. to make sure that... But you've got to make sure you've got to give like the that's a that's a pretty tough job. Like anyone can take anyone to the airport. I've I've dropped off a few people to the airport and then you know that's my job done. But you've got to make sure that they end up they end up by the other side. You know what I mean? So that, that was yeah. kind of like what they gave him. He's the biggest. You know he's 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 the muscle. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Sally Sally looks like he's the, he's the brains. And 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 they gave they uh, they gave Enrique the tough job because you, you he's got to stay on the same flight as him. If, John Matrix, like, if, if he had caused a big fuss, they would have turned the flight around. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when, like, people cause dramas and they have to return back to to the airport and that because someone's causing trouble on the flight. That's just for, for me to counter that thing. He's not the most useless one. He's he's the most tough guy. You know, him, like, that's why they gave him that job. Unfortunately, yep. he didn't yep. realize like when he was when he was trying to reach for the uh, pamphlet inside the back of the um, of the seat that John Matrix was going to give him an elbow straight to the face and then um, crack his neck. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why like and the thing is like you know how you're trying to say like oh, he should have been the bad guy like he should have been the main guy or or Cook should have been the 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 main bad guy. They tried they had to differ like there was a difference between Green Berets. And the unit that was uh, that um, John Matrix and Bennett were on, they were the elite. You know okay. what I mean? They were yeah, the elite of the elite. So the only yeah. guy that could have counted uh, John Matrix was the guy that got shot, taking out his rubbish, and the other guy trying to sell him his car. You know what I mean? Yep. So they had to make it out like yep. there's, a, there's levels. So th- these guys, Sally, Cook, Enriquez, they're on their uh, Green Berets. But above Green Berets is the elite of the elite, and that's the one that John Matrix was was in charge of and, and Bennett happened to be part of that. So you have to know that he's an elite killer too. So he's a level above the Green Berets. You know what I'm saying? You know so that's that, why again that didn't know. They they thought, oh man, we're all the same. No, you're not you you aren't even in the same level. Yeah. You know, that's like, you know, like the blues in the yeah, what kind of cheese. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, you know, you there's, know levels. What, there was one... there's levels to everything, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, just going back to that scene with Enrique, with Enrique, and they showed Sully right, and he watches, he's watching the plane, and as soon as the plane leaves, he's like, "Yeah, fuck, I'm out, bro. I'm gonna go chat up some chicks, and I'm gonna go to the bar." You know, it sort of reminds me of work. It's sort of like you, know, you finish, you finish at four thirty. If it's four thirty-one, and someone says you got work, nah, 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 nah. He's done his job. He's out. Yeah, Derek, he in that meeting at the bar, the meeting, he had to go to the mall. I have a meaning of that guy. Was that um, related to um, 
what they're trying to do? Or is that completely different? Or is that just like a side hustle, do you reckon? No, he was, he was getting the passports. Remember, he was getting passports yeah, for them to fly out? Mm. So, they, remember, he looked at them and it looked like they were fake passports. Yeah. So yeah. that was part of the whole um, whole plan with the bad guys? Yeah. Those. Plus, he's that 431 guy. He's that 431 guy. He's like, oh, no. Nah. 431, yeah, maybe at the bar, I'm going to stay here and have some drinks. I'm going to challenge chick and I'm going to get some drinks. But who are those passports for? It would have been for Herman Cook. Oh, Herman Cook. oh true. That's why they yep. met. At, yep. They all met at uh, Moe's Nest in St. Luke's. Because that's what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, he's that guy. So like, uh, you know, the spark close to my house. I'll collect these passports and have some beers. I remember thinking how cool was that mall, bro, when I watched it when I was a kid. Like, mm. back then, we only had Henson Square. And, like, when I looked at that mall on Commander, there was, like, three, five stories. I was thinking, damn, they built malls like that? Yeah. I, I was just shocked how many security guards they had there, because he got, you know, grabbed by from about five seconds. There's, like, there's a scene where, like, eight security guards jump on him when he does that <laughs> Incredible Hulk part where he <laughs> throws them off. But I'm like, oh, wait, how many security cars do you have at your mall? Because that was in New Zealand, man. There's nobody there. <laughs> but the security guards in New Zealand, I, was, uh, I like that black that black guard was like, hey, man, you want to see me kick some ass? Listen, there's a guy over here that may be a wacko. I don't think I can handle him alone. I'll be right there. Want to see me kick some ass? <laughs> you better wait here, man. Attention all units. Emergency on a theater level. Suspect, six foot two, brown hair. He's one gigantic motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then just get for funnies. You know, there's so many lines and that, oh, that's yeah, one hard. killer lines that everyone, all the people listening probably go, but why didn't you check that line in? We just yeah. we just know yeah. that would go on forever. But that is that's the line, the way, you know, when he's calling them a backup. And then, and then Stacey standing with the girls trying to chat them up. You'll see me kick some ass. Yeah, and then he goes back to the chick. Ah, oh, fuck, I wasn't even ready. He just said, <laughs> I was watching her. All he's got to do is say those lines. What was your, uh, I added it to the other one when I was talking about, oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Kirby. Because man, because remember, he's he's got five line, or like five big bits, and every bit that he's adding to you know, the mystique of John Matrix. Yeah. Hey, um, you know the um the tweet thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say my tweet? Yeah, go for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, my description of this movie is in the tweet would be um a highly overdramatic love breakup hidden behind guns, muscles, and violence. <laughs> I know where you're getting at, bro. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a conspiracy theory of the whole movie, yeah. Oh, hard. I brought up. I actually, I actually questioned this. I actually, actually questioned it to myself for for this talk, for this podcast. I actually wanted to. I was questioning Bennett, his character. Why was he so feminine? And then, uh, yeah, I, I did. I actually, and I wanted to ask you guys that. And when I when I looked into it, there was I, I read a lot about it. A lot of fans, man. There's a big write-up on this. A lot of fans reckon that that Bennett was gay, mm. and he actually fell in love with Matrix in the unit. Mm. Matrix, John Matrix, actually kicked him out because he 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 found out that Bennett felt was falling fell in love with him sexually. You know, he wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and during the movie, Bennett 
always calling Matrix by his by his first name, you know, mm. for because he was sexually attracted to him. But but you know, because he got kicked out, and now you know why Bennett was so angry with him. <laughs> uh, like unrequited love sort of thing. Yeah, right. So it was a love hate kind of thing. And you know, if something you love and you can't have, well, you want to kill it. <laughs> so no one, no one else can have it, and that's why he was so angry with him. And you know, well, they, they, they talk about doing Commando Two. Maybe they should have done a Commando prequel where he's trying to bust a move on Matrix <laughs> and stuff. You know, when I think about that, I think about let's just look at the character of um of Bennett to try and figure out if those um, suspicions of him being gay, him loving Matrix are true. Mm. So let's just break it down. For firstly, his appearance, right? Yes, great. Looks like a Freddie Mercury. He's got the outfit. People might look at the outfit and think, fuck, that's like a fucking gay outfit. But, you know, it's actually, he'll, he'll, he'll say it now. It's like, it's protection. It's, it's chain mail. He fights with knives. So, so apart from his appearance, then you've got scenes in the movie that give you clues. Like, um, what I point out to is the end scene, the, the end fight scene. Oh, you know what? No, not even that. I point to when he talks up Matrix to um, the dictator guy. You know, that... That scene when he talks to the soldiers, oh, your pussy and soldiers make me laugh. You know, if Matrix was here, he would laugh too. You know, there's that little bit of like um, knowing who Matrix is. Like, it's a bit intimate of that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. But then, but then it shows up at the end fight scene. When you know, Bennett has him. He's got a gun. He's got his daughter. Yeah. He's got a gun yep. pointing at his daughter. He's got a gun pointing at Matrix. All he has to do is shoot him. Pull the trigger. Yeah. Pull the trigger and shoot him. But because because he's so, because of his feelings towards John Matrix, like Matrix knows this. He probably knows this. That's why I kicked him out, and that's why I kicked him out in the first place when he made me. But Matrix knows this, so he pulls out his knife and he talks like. Uh, Come on, Bennett. Put away that chicken shit gun. I just want to pull a trigger. Put the knife in me. Look me in the eye and see what's going on in there when you turn it. That's what you want to do, right? I kill you, John. Come on, let the girl go. It's between you and me. Don't deprive yourself of some pleasure. Come on, Bennett. Let's party. I can beat you. I don't need the girl. I don't need the girl! <laughs> I don't need the gun, John. <laughs> I can beat you. <laughs> I don't need no gun! I gotta kill you now! It's talking about like, like it's a sexual kind of thing, right? Yeah, And right. Uh, And Ben is like falling for it. He's like getting aroused. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of getting yeah. aroused. Yeah. And he throws his gun away. He throws his gun at him and he puts up his knife and, and goes for it. It's sort of like his weakness. So these are just little clues throughout the movie that tell you that conspiracy is true. Yeah, that's true. And that scene that you're talking about, when he's talking about, put a knife in me, look at me in the eye and see what, you know, what's mm. going on while I turn it. Mm. Um, just the image of a man yeah. putting something else into another man, that's obviously <laughs> was that a sexual. Was that yeah, a that's, a, yeah, that's a very that's sexual sort yeah. of like context thing. And, and, when he's, and when he's saying that, like you said, Ken, 
if you go back to that scene and look at look at Bennett's face, he's he is getting aroused on it, bro. <laughs> he is, you just look at him going, Oh my gosh. <laughs> what the fuck? And you know what? You know what? At the end, you know you're talking about the deleted scenes, Cams. Yeah. Did you know that one of the scenes, um, the end scene when he's pulled, chucks that, that, that pipe into him and says, Let out some steam Bennett. There were other phrases that were cut out. Huh? And one of them was I don't like small cock. <laughs> so, but even even so, like his whole comment, you know when Bennett pulls out the Uzi. John, I'm not gonna shoot you between the eyes. I'm gonna shoot you between the balls. He's being sexual. He's being sexual again, him, bro. I know. Um, you know, this is taking an interesting turn. I was not uh, expecting uh, the podcast uh, to take this, uh, this is why I wanted to talk about sexual it. route. <laughs> and even like in the beginning where he goes, I'll be back, Bennett. He goes, John, I'll be ready, John. <laughs> exactly. Right. First name, name. First name. First name. Basis. First name, basis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> His outfit's a big giveaway, eh? His character, the way he moved, you know, it's quite feminine. If you know what I mean? For a big, because he is a big guy. He is a big guy. You literally look at him. He's massive. But just the way he moves, and I, I can give you one scene, uh, a typical scene, is when Jenny takes off down the stairs and he yeah. runs to the stairs. Oh, yeah. I noticed that. I noticed yeah, that. that. scene there, you just like, he just ran like he was a girl. <laughs> just ran like a girl. You know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've got like a new understanding of this movie now. Eh? I like, shit. Yeah. No, no. That's one thing I, I've got to, I, let's I, go to hear everyone's perspective on on, you know, a wildlife movie because I thought I I've watched it enough times to know every single possibility, but no, mm. everyone's got a different perspective. Right? So that's why people have watched it, you know, f- over ten times or whatever. They'll be like, "Oh, I didn't realize that, or I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, and I didn't know that." But well, you know, mm. sweet ass boys. So it looks like uh, Tana's tapped out, like uh, Sully. We had to let him go. <laughs> just wait the man can hold up but uh, last words man um, going around the table um, camps bro Commander. yeah yeah Commander one of the all time greats you know like when I think of action movies you know the stereotypical action movie in the 80s yep Commander is always going to be on the top of the list there you know there's yep. there's plenty others but definitely Commander for, for me back then like just something to be excited to watch. It's I watched it like I don't know how many times I watched it. You know I could say over fifty times, and and I could put the four times I watched it the last week, you know, coming up to this podcast. But it's one of those movies where you know you can just like recite every line that comes up. That's how many times I watched it throughout throughout my years. So, so yeah, it's one of those movies that like um, you know stands the test of time. It's a classic. Stace, yeah, I think. I think... I think Cam's he really hit the nail on the head there. It stands up, which is one thing I was worried about. I watched it last week just in preparation for the podcast, and it's still it's still good. Whereas you can't say that about a lot of movies that you thought were good in the 80s, and they've gone a bit they 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 don't hold up there like really uh, periodical towards the time. But uh, you know, I think like uh, as you touched on a really good point about how. You know, it's it's that good combination between action and humor, and I feel like it did shape a lot of the jokes that I tell and the the humor that I have because I I love that that part of the movie more than anything. The one line zingers, and um, yeah, I, I didn't realize how influential it was on 
and how how you know the kind of jokes that I tell and the the humor that I have because yeah I, that's the the biggest thing I took out of the whole movie. Uh, it's it's a good movie if, if you haven't watched it. Anyone listening out there, if you haven't watched it and you listen to the podcast, I'd I'd recommend it. Give it a go. It's it's a great movie, and it's um to me one of the movies that sets um set Arnold on his way to be one of the um the elite action heroes of that that generation. So um you have a listen and have a watch. Sorry. And uh, see what you think. Comment on the podcast. What about you, Dance? Man, uh, yeah, just like Stace and Cameron said, man, they they nailed it on the head. And they they said everything about it. Um, basically, I, I I love this movie, and it's one of the greats. Uh, one of my greatest movies to watch. What about you, Ice? What what any final words for you? Oh look, um, I'm I'm like like all these. I I had to watch. I wasn't old enough to watch it in the in the cinemas because um, because of the rating. <laughs> but I'm sure it's about 18 when you were like 8 years old <laughs> <laughs> but there's that tendency that kind of you know like uh, okay the, the fight between um, Cook and, and Arnold like you know like oh okay this is what this is what life's like okay I just remember like uh, I didn't I didn't manage to um, put it into when we before, but I just remember, like, I had to watch it because we were recording it with my older brother, and we had to watch it with my parents because, you know, what time it was. And back in those days, you know, the, we didn't have iPads, we didn't have phones and that, so everyone was watching the same movie. And that was the kind of movie, like, oh, this is where we're, this is a turning point in life. So, Commando is that movie. Even though with the um, edit, the TV2 edit, and until you actually watch the, um, when you hire the movie and then you see the actual scenes, this is this is um, a turning point in in action movies as well. Like that whole year, like how Cancel saying I and Stace, Beverly Hills Cop and Rambo and all that. Man, this this is if you're an Islander man, if you're a you know and you're watching it, this is the movie that that everyone kind of watched. So yeah, man, Commando is it's that movie. So that's why we we started with this movie because uh, I guarantee that everyone that's listening, they're gonna have a laugh, you know, um, and they've they, they've all got things that they can relate to. So. Yeah, Commando, the movie of the eighties, man. Yeah, I, I've got one question for just for the the guys here. So you know, I look at Arnold Schwarzenegger basically of the eighties and nineties period. So where, where do you view Commando in the grand scheme of uh, Schwarzenegger movies? Do you think like how 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 would you rank it up there in terms of his movies? I think it's out of all his movies, because any Arnold movie to me that's top two, because that's there with um, Running Man's another one of my favorites. It just showed Arnold, like, you know, it kind of showed you, like, you know, if you train and uh, do all that kind of stuff, you you're gonna you can be the man. But I just thought it was an awesome movie, and uh, I think I think that's top two. People probably don't, but I would. You know, if you could yeah. take a nostalgic look, like like we're trying to do with the podcast, take a nostalgic look back at all the, the, the great movies of the, you know, of yesteryear, Arnold would probably have at least four, five, or six, seven movies in, in that, that, you know, that, that genre. And then that, that whole period, so you know, I'm not surprised here. I, I'll, I'll let you got you other two guys talking to where you guys rank it in terms of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I put Commando in my number one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So of course he had plenty of um, you know good movies after that, but I, I put Commando as, as as my number one. Now some people can say um, um, Terminator, because Terminator is really successful uh, in terms of profit margins and stuff, like James Cameron. Terminator, his most famous movie. But, you know, for me, I'll put Commando as my number one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Commando would probably be... It was a toss-up between Commando and um, Conan for me. 
And I also like mm. um, uh, Running Man as well, like I said. It was funny enough, I actually uh, requested that movie from Jack just because we're doing this <laughs> podcast on, on this. So I requested that, and he's going to put it on. But um, anyway, um, yeah, Commando is my, my, I reckon, my first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm. Just due to the fact, because he primed then, and he was like... Mm. Um, and I think his more of his acting skill was coming out in, in this movie rather than mm. like um, Conan and that because it was a fantasy, kind of easy to portray a, a, a warrior and all that. But for this this one, and it kind of characterized him as a person, like his humor and the way that yeah. he came out, it, it, and it showed showed that. Yeah. And um, he's that type of guy. And um, yeah, Commander Commander will be my first first um, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. How about you, Stace? Uh, yeah, I, I keep changing the order, eh? Because I, you guys have all raised some really, really good points. But I still find myself going back to what Cameron said about Terminator, Terminator 2 with James mm. Cameron. Because that was like revolutionary mm. at the time anyway. You know, the um, special effects and all the rest of it. That was like, that was phenomenal. So I put that as number one. And I put Commando, I've changed the order multiple times. But today I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for third for Commander. I, I think uh, Conan is second. Mm. And then I think um, just, oh man, I, that's one of the great movies. And and, uh, and I think uh, Commander is third. But it's, the weird thing is, of all the movies, I think I've watched Commander the most, even though I still think it's the third the third one. Yeah. I've probably watched it more than all the rest of the movies. It's funny you say that, because um, Commander is probably the most rewatchable movie you know, there is. That, that's the reason why I put that in number one. Like, obviously, yeah. I, I love Terminator. I love Conan, but the only reason why I put Commander as number one because that's my my most re- rewatchable movie out of those three movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Like, it's not not like you know, there's anything wrong with what anyone does. It's sort of like, yeah, I, I put Terminator for for the reasons you mentioned with that James Cameron. That was like a that was far ahead of its time. And but yeah. I mean, if someone said Commander, I'm not going to put up much of an argument against that because I I could be easily persuaded that that's the correct answer. You know what I mean? Shot boys. Shot. All right, thanks, boys. Um, man, awesome. You know what? I picked up from this uh, pop, this podcast more than I did when I came into it. Like, there's more things to think about on this movie Commander, man. One of my favorite movies. But awesome, bros. Okay, uh, we're gonna end this podcast now. So um, everyone on lockdown out there in New Zealand, stay home, stay locked down. We only got two more weeks. Be safe, um, wear your masks when you go to shopping, wear gloves or whatever. Do your part. We out of here. Right. Later, guys. Bye. Ah, nice. That's a good ending, us. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hang out some. Bro, see, like, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I was not even listening. I was already at Hangouts. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking to Tana on the other side. Get more beers, and I'll see you guys on Hangouts. Thank you, man. Right. Shop okay. Right. See you yeah. Thanks, boys. Thanks, boys. Good work. Good work. This is this has been good, man. Good work, boys. Bye.